Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's uh, Wes, Andy, and Hank, and we are back. <sighs> Guys, every time we get to the end of one of these, um, I get a little sad. Yeah, it's bittersweet. Uh, I'm super excited because I love this episode, but I'm a little sad because the show is over. I mean, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi is over. Our show is not over. No, we no, no. Lots not by a long shot. <laughs> no. And there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There's uh, there is a lot of hope. Well, two. so here's the thing, right? I mean, there's been I've read all kinds of things saying that you know everything from Deborah Chow is saying, hey, if the if the fan support is there, mm-hmm. and I can't um, see how it wouldn't be. Well, there's more stories. That, there are more stories that could be told. The question is, do they should they do they need to be? Yeah, should they? That's another great question. Do they need to be? Should they be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as fans of of things as we are and that we like to celebrate all things fandom i don't think any of us would say no to more no no especially if it's the same kind of level of quality yeah and i don't think the house of mouse would uh, frown upon you know more content the highest more money the highest watched opening of any disney plus original series that's got has to say something yeah uh, at least, a, you know, one or two people. I would hope so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guys, what did you think? I mean, it's over. There's uh man, the six episodes are over. Did anybody do a complete rewatch of the entire series between last week or I'm sorry, between uh, the other day was Wednesday and yeah. today. No, yeah. You did. Yeah, I did. I can't, I really can't <laughs> stop watching. I go. do that with all of them uh, though. I really do. This one was a little easier because actually the short length, and sort of short episodes worked a lot better. So you could dedicate like three hours to it. It's not crazy. When you when you watch it uh, concurrently like that, just give give us an idea of what the playback is when you watch it like fluidly all the way through or in one one or two sittings. It's well, not like see, it's you really see Obi Wan change physically, whether it's yeah. the the makeup or the acting. You really see him like uh, 
things I didn't notice before because they were so subtle, but the way he, he's just like, you know, crouching and inside himself and, and very like hollow jawed and, and right. like bags under his eyes and that stuff starts to slowly disappear. The other thing is almost a beef that I had with the first few episodes was that the original sort of soundtrack was very, you know, there was a drop here and a drop there, almost like notes. And when you say original soundtrack, do you mean like John, John Williams, Williams work? Yeah, it's like yeah, they okay. sampled him, right? Like, and I know that he did the theme and then it was re yeah. sort of worked by like two or three artists together. But by the time you get to the end and, and, and watching it concurrently, you slowly see they like they, 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 those notes get longer and right. longer and until you're in the finale that we're about to do and you're getting the full you know you get leia's theme you get yeah. Obi's theme you get vader's theme you get the, you march, get the force you get theme the, yeah yeah so there's a lot of stuff going on and it it becomes apparent that it was on purpose you know i'd mentioned i think in the first episode it was disconcerting seeing vader without vader's theme it like it it, it unhinged me from the moment and yeah, it feel, yeah yeah right so it was on purpose and, and it's not you know uh you really can begin to see the the small subtle things uh rack up over time the two that struck me are the music and uh Ewan mcgregor's sort of uh awakening from the cocoon we're big fans of of the terminology uh everything is intentional uh in star wars certainly mm -hmm. it is in the stuff that we've consumed over the last well since we've been doing our show and to me it's never been more apparent than it was in this final episode the intentionality of you know right down to like we said like <laughs> of all six episodes just one episode five had a transition that wasn't a hard cut right right very intentional you know not just in the ter in terms of filmmaking but of storytelling mm -hmm. um such huge amounts of, of emotion in this final episode safe so much of it conveyed through the eyes yeah, eyes, uh, tone, lighting. Yeah, I, I was never more aware of lighting uh, uh, in a in a show than I was in this one. Yeah, really. Um, which we are going to talk about specifically when we get to that. But yeah. um, is it safe to say that Obi Wan delivered on everything we wanted to see? I would think so. I got everything I wanted out of it. You did. Yeah. So I, we talked a little bit about this because we had, we did yeah. the trailer breakdown. Uh, back before the series dropped and and we actually asked that question what do you want to see and we i think we i had a list of things hank you had a few things you wanted to see. yeah 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 if we were to ask that question again did we get everything out of it and compare it to what we had said uh what seven eight ten weeks ago yeah um i do have a couple things that and these these are so minor that they're not to be construed as like, I'm criticizing the show because I'm really not. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I loved everything about it. Right. Right. But if you wanted to, uh, ice the cake for me, add a couple more cherries. Sure. Thing. Sure. There are a couple things I would like to have seen. And I think that's a kind of a nice way that we'll start here with that. Let's open this up here. Um, I wanted to see the, the lady inquisitor helmets, you know, I, I, the concept art, kind of dropped one for us with the uh, uh with reva coming off the scythe uh shuttle i thought oh great uh, which is also the same one where they dropped the uh, purge trooper yeah and uh i honestly thought we got the purge trooper i thought we were going to get the lady inquisitor helmet as well and we didn't not a big deal um we still saw them in in uh, jedi fallen order and we're going to probably see them again <laughs> in the next one in the follow-up well 
so much of her part was conveyed through her emotions and her face, right? Yeah. And like, I know big to do it well with the Mandalorian, but how much of that would have come through if she was stuck wearing a helmet, the whole thing. Even if it was just for that, you know, first encounter when, second, when they yeah. landed and they got off. Yeah, uh, she yeah. just, okay, take the helmet off and there's your nod. Absolutely. Yeah. That that would have been just sort of the, uh, for me, right? I would have loved mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only other thing, and really, uh, see, I, this is the one I struggle with the most because I really, really, really wanted a live action version of uh, the Clone Wars look. And they could have delivered on that. And and probably not surprising when I say the training duel, you could have moved the time. You could have shifted the timeline around a little bit and you could have had that, that training take place during the clone war, during the clone war. And it still would have had this impact. And we could have got the, uh, the, the visual nod to the clone wars look, but that being said, I'm still super, super happy with the way that they did present that duel. So this, none of this was a deal breaker. Like I said, these no, are just no. sort of like, you know, the final icing. I mean, I, I probably would have liked to seen the, uh, the Inquisitors fly in live action. Yeah. Uh, the, that, uh, that the, would be pretty dope. And, go, and go probably Inquisitor copter. <laughs> served to ignite the crazy <laughs> fandom menace <laughs> up a bit but i mean it's such a cool little thing that they throw in rebels uh and uh like lauren's fond of saying like the the jedi uh, why can't they fly they're they're sort of i know i mean if you can uh, do limited all by their things. imagination maybe yeah so uh, a flashback yeah. And Ahsoka, yeah, so uh, um, unidentified Facebook user who says uh, Ahsoka flashback mm. follow up comment to that says, uh, I wanted to see the three of them together again. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting now. I mean, do you think though, with the upcoming Ahsoka series coming out next year, do you not think that maybe that is the place where we'll get that, maybe. that reunion? Probably fit better. I I, as much as I love Ahsoka, because she is like top five, I, I'm, I really like the character. She might have taken too much away from the 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 one on one that that Obi and Vader were having throughout the series. You know, just yeah, just that one like sort of you know it would have veered a little too much. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have argued at all, but I think that it worked perfectly the way it was. Yeah, and you sort of had to have them like as islands almost. Yeah, that's hard hard to argue with really and and should they do a flashback in the ahsoka show that's a perfect opportunity there to well, also give you your clone armor well, the, exactly so i mean I, we could be getting that at a later date who yeah. knows right i mean we joked about it last week hank you've said it many times before ahsoka season one uh <laughs> you mean star wars rebels season five yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right um i just want to talk a little bit more sort of i want to sort of put some generalities out there before we get right into the meat of it, because we really unpacked a lot, uh, a lot on the show. Um, hang on a second. Here. I don't want to take that out. There we go. We, we unpacked quite a bit and I want to go back and revisit some of the things that we said, particularly some of the things that I said and, and then sort of rephrase them and find it or, or just kind of talk about where we are now on that. I was like, certain that Riva was going to be the redemption arc of the series and now that it's over i'm not 100 percent convinced that that's the case hmm. I'm, I'm really not um 
is her life's trajectory changed? Absolutely. But is she redeemed at this point? I would. I don't know if she's fully redeemed because she said she's so. done some she's terrible forgiven. stuff. Yeah, she, she's been forgiven. If anybody could give her absolution, see that absolutely. And I don't want to get into it too much before it happens, but right. Obi gives a few people absolution in this episode. Uh, yeah, you know, like Roker, uh, Leia, uh, Debater, yep. uh, well, yep. Anakin. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riva. So he he actually is handing out forgiveness, <laughs> not not not. Uh, not unlike Christ, yeah, a bit, a bit. <laughs> you know, the look. Well, right? it's not like we didn't have that analogy in this episode, anyway. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> so uh, redeemed uh, remains to be seen if they choose to follow it. Uh, yeah. but uh, she's absolved, started that path, forgiven a hundred percent. Do we think okay? So, here, here's another comment coming in here. This one says, uh, she's about uh, sorry, it's up here, she's about to go on her Xena quest. So that here's my follow-up question: Did we just get a soft pilot for a Riva spinoff? Maybe. Maybe it again. It's like you said at the beginning of the episode. Do we? Is it a story that needs to be told? Yeah. Like, and and that's what I kind of worry sometimes as we we get grow and grow and grow. Oh, Are sure. we going to begin to st- tell stories that don't need to be told, just for the yeah. sake of having Star Wars? And I hope we never sort of go down that road. I hope they're not that I don't love the character of Reva, but she's a supporting character. I don't know that, not the actress, the actress could certainly carry her own show, but yeah. is the character mean Strong enough to enough. me to bring me in every week to watch it? I mean, if she's carrying a red lightsaber and hanging around with the Grand Inquisitor, almost certainly. So maybe if it's a, a show about her coming up, but is, is if it's a show about her hiding in the shadows, trying not to get caught, and, not sure. you know, I, hard, hard to say. I know By one the same thing, token, though. Right? Mm. Sorry, Andy, you go ahead. <clears throat> By the same token, we didn't know Din Djarin at the beginning of The Mandalorian. Oh, uh, no, and we look didn't. Look how that turned no. out. Oh, no, you're true. right. It's There's true. a story that Correct. needed to be told. No, absolutely. So, in absolutely. the right hands, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't argue with that. Like, you you all, we all make valid points. Um, Hank, you were going to say something. Oh, it's just that we had talked um, about your... Uh, discipline and being having basically radio silence coming up to this. Yep. And I had read a, a spoiler, a plot leak, and uh, unfortunately, it was spot on. The plot it, leak. The plot leak was spot yep. on. In fact, it 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 said Reva finds Luke can't kill him because of her past. This in a nutshell. Oh, I was like, oh really? So it was spoiled for me. So I, I, but I didn't know that it was coming when it came. I wasn't surprised, but. I, I did I did before this show even aired. I had read a well a, a plot synopsis spoiler, and it was. I have some serious questions. Bang about on. Luke. <laughs> I have some very serious questions about Luke when we get to it because mm. there there's a certain there's a certain point of view that's presented, and I want to dis- I want to explore that a little bit more because I'm not sure uh, how to interpret what I saw. Um, but before we get there, I want to just uh, talking about like uh, cameos and soft pilots and sort of what can we do with this. You know, to just close up on Riva, I actually think that there is, uh, you know, we know that uh, the Inquisitorius, we don't see the Inquisitorius past uh, the end of Star Wars Rebels. Presumably they have died out or they mm-hmm. cease to exist by the time we get to A New Hope. So if they were just to put this character down and leave it to the viewer to decide what Riva's future looks like, I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I actually think that 
Roken and Haja have a better a better chance of turning up. And I actually think them turning up in Andor is actually highly is highly likely. I mean, we're talking Andor is what just a few years before Rogue One, which puts it just a you know minutes away from A New Hope. The the Rebel Alliance isn't quite there yet, so these characters who are you know part of this nascent the path as an analogy for a rebel cell perfect opportunity for them to show up and maybe hey maybe nice. even bring back tala though where in, in andor yeah i don't think that andor starts early enough is it not i we could get some flashbacks she could be an antagonist <laughs> read, in that i read right? spoiler uh things about that as well <laughs> oh, okay um <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know roke is the perfect kind of character to to, to put in a position of a, of a leader of a, a like you know because let's face it it's a burgeoning rebellion whether yep. whether it's on paper or not whether it's got the the phoenix symbol or not it's it's yeah. the burgeoning rebellion yep. and i'd heard it said and i can't remember it might have been screen crush i can't remember ryan airy um but it's 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 great to use a new character that's that's well acted well rounded well developed has some good lines good interaction with classic characters rather than to have like say a, a young general nadine Oh, sure. Uh, instead of clubbing that stuff over the head, we get something fresh, which is, you know, it could have easily worked the other way. But I, I like to see that stuff. And I could easily see that character moving forward. Fair enough. Um, I know I don't want to take away anything from the uh, when we get down to our breakdown, but I just want to clo- I, I don't have any much more to say here except for I, I just want to touch on that final sequence. Um, spoiler, the emperor shows up. Um when Vader goes from we will we will go through anything and everything to get Obi-Wan and he's so driven, so obsessive, as we've already talked about in our uh, previous episode, how obsessed Vader really is, mm. comes through like in spades in this episode. And then in the span of half a second, I'm not sure your feelings are clear on this matter. He means nothing. <laughs> and I'm right. like, what? But. Fans, uh, if you have not have revisited, have not revisited Rebels or have not watched Star Wars Rebels yet, please go back and watch the final sequence between Vader and the Emperor, and then immediately put on season one, episode one of Star Wars Rebels, and look at the interaction between Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisitor, and just think about how much more weight that that scene now has, and why it kind of makes kind of makes a little bit more sense because as it is by itself for vader to just drop everything was like what that's so uncharacteristic but having the inquisitorius at your disposal you can still sort of live vicariously i suppose mm-hmm. and it really rings true with the way that their relationship is developed in the comics the because, uh the emperor invader because palpatine 100 percent is an abusive father oh sure sure, and sure so is. <laughs> he doesn't he, he doesn't even have to get angry at anakin or at vader to, to curtail him he, yeah, he uses yeah, it's yeah. like it was so passive aggressive are you sure your feelings are clear on the matter <laughs> if, if they're not you know i could i could, I could clear them dooku. for you <laughs> yeah. there's lots of dooku's out there so looks like we need another Dooku. <laughs> Dooku I say, Dooku. You didn't have one at that point too. All right. right. Any more just uh, casual, casual general thoughts you want to put out there before we get into the, the beat by beat? No, let's get into it. All right. How about you, Hank? Yeah, man, Okay, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, guys, it is the last episode of our little show here called the high ground. Thank you for staying with us for the last uh, six episodes. This is technically our seventh episode as we cover uh, part six 
It is the Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi series part six now streaming in its entirety on Disney plus this episode debuted Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. The teleplay on this one is by uh, Joby Harold, Andrew Stanton and Hossein Amini with a story by Stuart Beatty, Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton. And as the entire series has been, it is directed by Deborah Chow. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, good on her. Yeah. Oh man. Toronto this, girl. Is she? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I did not know that either. Uh, this one is the longest episode in the series with a whopping runtime of uh, 51 minutes, even with the recap and the credits or a leaner 42 minutes and seven seconds without. And uh, the synopsis this week doesn't really give anything away. It just says the action packed special event finale. It sums it up pretty good though. Well, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it does, isn't it? Let me just get the slides here ready because I want to make sure we get to the right one here. All right, here we go. Our episode opens and we are back on the sands of Tatooine. We open with a shot of an uh, open air market. Now, people are bustling about their business as the camera closes in on a vendor dispensing water from a portable vaporator. The foreman from the whale meat site uh, shoves his way into the line knocking an old man aside. By the way, the credits list this guy as uh, Foreman Groff Ditcher. Yeah. Ditcher, an apt name given his uh, demeanor that we saw back in uh, part one and in this one, Ditcher. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the vendor, he barks, something you want to say? And from off camera, we can hear the voice of Reva answer, I have something to say. The foreman turns and shoots her an angry, wait your turn. You can have what's left when I'm done. Then we see a hooded Reva use the force to knock the water from the man's hand. Her midsection is bound with a dressing of some kind, no doubt covering the wound from her encounter with Vader. The uh, not-so-tough foreman slinks away, and Reva steps up to the very nervous water vendor. Pulling back her hood, she stares at the man and hisses, I'm looking for a farmer named Owen. You know what, though? If that's all he gets... He got off lucky. The vendor. No, the uh, oh, the the foreman ditcher. Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> I actually thought he was going to get a little bit more of a comeuppance earlier on, and yeah. I kind of thought it was honestly. I thought Ben was going to give him some kind of like dressing down, whether it was embarrass mm -hmm. him or. Well, how about season two? He comes back and cuts off his hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm surprised Reva didn't do that. She's yeah. uh, she's the hand taker. She already took one in the series. <laughs> What's another one then? Uh, true. We cut the space where we can see the refugee freighter and it's being pursued by Vader's Star Destroyer, the Devastator. The smaller freighter jinks and weaves as turbo laser fire erupts all around it, while a few blasts do impact on the vessel's shields. On the bridge, Vader strides toward the viewport where he orders the captain to increase firepower. Taking another hit from the Star Destroyer, the freighter streaks past the camera where we cut to the ship's interior. Obi-Wan stares up at the bulkhead as the uh, ship is rocked by another turbo laser blast. The passengers remain remarkably calm despite being jostled about the overcrowded cabin. Well, just then Roken enters announcing that the hyperdrive is almost ready and we'll head for Tessin. We'll get you out from there. Now, Tessin, uh, the best I can tell, that's a new name drop in this episode that appears nowhere else. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I got nothing for you on that one. So... We'll have to watch for that in future future Star Wars media. 
mm-hmm. talk for a split second about how we've fully embraced the sequel sort of version of hyperspace travel. You want to talk about that right now? Well, it's just because we've just saw Rev- Riva arrive at Tatooine, essentially. And she left after <laughs> the freighter's right. chase, and they're still being chased. It sort yeah. of reminds me a little, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad here, but it reminds me a little of the super slow chase from Rise of Skywalker. Well, you know, okay, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny that, that light speed is, I guess, instantaneous now, whereas in Legends... Sure. Uh, especially the novels weeks, and comics, weeks, months, months to travel clear across the galaxy. Uh, so yeah, inter- yeah. interesting. I'm, I'm cool with it, um, but it, it it really changes. It reinforces. I'd like to maybe even do a show one time. I have this theory that a new hope sure. takes place in less than 24 galactic hours. So that's interesting. From, yeah, yeah, from yeah. For farm boy to blowing up the Death Star before nightfall, uh, except with the exception of. Uh, the the one night that does occur when they when they lose R two and wake up the next yeah. morning, yeah, uh, that's yeah, the twenty four yeah. hour period. Um, I suppose, yeah. So uh, that in terms of going to Alderaan and jumping around back to Yavin and such, so if instantaneous uh, light speed may have been a thing the whole time. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, Star Trek had a similar thing when when uh, TNG came out, and suddenly the the speeds were much faster, and the warp system was no longer you know, the way that it had been established in the, uh, in the sixties. And like you say, in star Wars, the sequel trilogy really did change the way that hyperspace travel works just because it seemed to be instantaneous. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're there. Yeah. Um, and you said, uh, when we were talking earlier this week, as we were prepping tonight's show, you know, it, I mean, if Riva can get there in such a short time, you put it into perspective, Ben gets there even faster, even faster. <laughs> yeah. But they're traveling right. backwards yeah. in time so they yeah, yeah, yeah. so again though as a as a fan as somebody who's who embraces you know uh, all the star wars uh content that's coming out right you know what it's it's a it's a small thing and i had to remind it, somebody even in the fan group this week that it's it's because they were complaining about how the uh the, the even if it was a second stomach there's no way to cauterize that wound and the, and the grand inquisitor would have died from that and I, I had said to the gentleman i'd rather keep my canon intact and exchange action and adventure for real world stuff because after all it's science fantasy it's space opera and i wrote that comment in less than a parsec what's funny is i i had a very similar uh, a very similar exchange online speaking of that about that specifically i know this is we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves but you know that that as a nitpick not for me but as a as a nitpick that has been spoken about i mean just look up death tropes as a literary device and why why villains keep coming back because those death tropes they're always associated with other themes like honor and regret and all these other things that just make for good drama it's true and when you realize that then you understand that having the grand inquisitor survive and having reva survive just is good use of that trope yeah read your joseph campbell kids it's a it is a a literary device and it and it's used very well in this series if you ask me revenge is a great motivator for survival <laughs> as he's yeah as the grand inquisitor does uh, say so himself and just to throw another spin on this yeah uh they don't actually tell us how long that they've been in pursuit no they don't like, that's true for all intents and purposes they could have been traveling for like a week trying to fix this hyperdrive that is entirely possible those are some serious shields yeah, uh, well, <laughs> there is that. I guess I'm spoiled, and maybe maybe that's where I kind of go, huh? 
because I am so steeped in the role-playing games, uh, the, the older role-playing games, which did so much to establish the nuts and bolts of how things work in the Star Wars galaxy. It's no, it is no secret that when uh, Timothy Zahn went to write the original Thrawn trilogy, we've said this before, this is a fact, people, you can fact check me on this one. He was handed a copy of the West End Games Star Wars role-playing game and the Star Wars, uh, the source book, and was told, read these. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's where I kind of get a little spoiled on things. But it's okay. I'm totally okay with the new canon. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tessin, uh, like I said, is a new planet. Ben, sensing that something is wrong, it gets up and he follows Roken out of the cabin. He says uh, rhetorically, we're not going to make it to Tessin, are we? Leveling with him, Roken tells Ben that the hyperdrive motivator is shot and the power couplings are bad. He says he's working on it, but the ship's shields won't last forever. And I find that hilarious, by the way, because both of those now this is one of those questions i have is this just another uh, another rhyme in the in the stanza the rhyming stanzas the the poetry that is star wars is this just another way to connect us back to the millennium falcon thematically or uh is this an uh, an in-story way to tell us that these particular parts on carillion ships are known to be faulty because <laughs> both of these devices have failed on the millennium falcon when they were trying to go to hyperspace um the power coupling when they escaped the first death star and it was the motivator that the empire had actually tampered with uh before lando flew the falcon out of cloud city motivators are bad all around though like look at that one droid in a new hope uh you before mean even gets or r4 i was gonna it? say you mean Pelimato's droid yeah, <laughs> yeah r5 yeah. R5. R5. r5 it's got yeah, a bad yeah. motivator that's right yeah I just find it interesting that, you know, as much as it is a callback or in this case, a call forward, um, there is that deeper question. Is this just a way to connect that, that, yeah, this is a Carillion ship or just a, a nice, clever way to go wink, wink. Hey, this happened to the Falcon, <laughs> you know, yeah, interesting. everybody loves that. <laughs> Yo, exactly. Exactly. Ben asks Roken how much time he needs and uh, shaking his head. He answers more than we have. Walking back through the cabin, Ben looks at the passengers and sees the fear on their faces when yet another turbo laser blast rocks the ship. Under the window, uh, the mother and son that we first met back at Hodges in uh, part two, believe so. uh, underneath a window, Princess Leia and Lola do their best to entertain them as more turbo laser blasts explode around the ship. Seeing Ben watching them, Leia walks over and says, they're scared adding that Lola helps keep their minds off of it. Kneeling down, Ben looks at uh, Lola. Then lifting his eyes to meet Leia, he somberly says, maybe I should borrow her too. All right. Now, we missed this back in part two, and I feel <laughs> I feel awfully bad about this because this is one of those uh, big, deep, deep cuts that we usually are on top of. Oops. Um, so th that little boy there, that's uh, Indy, Indy DeRoche. And uh, in the credits for the series, in the three episodes that he appears in, he is credited as uh, Corin. His mother, however, does not appear in the credits. However, take this you know, with a grain of salt, her IMDb lists her character's name as Nietzsche. Well, they're both famous Star Wars names. One, we actually, we actually kind of theorize that, you know, Corrin Horn being a famous Jedi. 
we made that connection because of the name Val Halcyon, which was one of the names that was carved into the wood uh, on Mapuzo. But if you put all three of those things together, then this this character almost certainly is a young Corrin uh, Horn. Corrin Horn, who, of course, uh, appeared in the Star Wars X-Wing series of books, particularly the Rogue Squadron ones, and then would go on to become a Jedi Master under uh, Luke Skywalker's tutelage. But that is, uh, as I said, that is almost certainly a young Corrin Horn. So cool to uh, if we see more of him going down the line. Mm. Yeah, super, super cool. If he survived the uh, Jedi Temple. Well, <laughs> there is Ren. that. Yeah. Back on uh, Tatooine, Owen and Luke enter a local parts shop. They both lean up against the counter, and the shopkeeper asks Luke, What do you need, kid? It's a simple interaction, but the tone and the mood of this scene suggest that this exact same scenario has played out many, many times before between these two characters. As Luke tells the shopkeeper they need a new belt for the speeder, Owen shoots the boy a sideways look as he says, a certain somebody broke the last one. Luke smiles at the shopkeeper who tells him, your uncle's a patient man. But Owen, who's now elbows deep in some spare parts, retorts, uh, I'm not that patient. And uh, just then the water vendor enters the shop, spotting Owen. He calls out and says, uh, there's something you need to know. New alien? I don't know. Is he, or is he just a hairier version of something we've already seen before? Maybe. He looked pretty new I can't, to me, but I, I honestly cannot him. tell. Yeah, I couldn't place him either. And it made it this week's episode. I don't know if uh, any of you guys out there who watch, uh, who casually watch the show, or maybe your hardcore uh, viewers like we are, the descriptive audio was off this week on every it, it platform. Was. It was. It was yeah. off like several seconds, which made it very difficult to like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't extremely helpful this week. So was this a missed opportunity, though? In what sense? In that we could have had a Watto cameo? Well, so I wanted to talk about that for a second, because the the impression I got when they walk in the door is it looks a lot like Watto's junk shop, doesn't it? A little bit. With the round, uh, the the countertop in the, the middle. I thought it, it was reminiscent of Watto's. Uh, for sure. Me anyway. For sure. Under new ownership. Well, the different cities. True. Two different cities, right? Uh, Mos Espa. And I, this is what... Uh, Anchorhead, or is the yeah? This yeah. is Anchorhead. Yeah. yeah, assuming it's Anchorhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He franchised. <laughs> Maybe well, past, he was looking pretty grim, and uh, he did not clothes. look very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any little any. All right. Um, back on board the freighter, uh, Ben now crouched down in front of Leia. Leia, she's visibly upset with her arms thrown up in the air. She shouts at Ben, "No, no way! You can't just leave me here." Ben tries to reason with her, telling her that he is the one that Vader wants. And uh, if he goes, Vader will follow him and not the freighter. But Leia shouts, I'm not letting you. Well, Ben tries to reason with her again, but she is inconsolable. Now, with her outburst, the entire cabin is fixed on their interaction. And as Leia backs away from Ben, it's Nish uh, who interjects from her seat saying, what happened to all of us staying together as the light, uh, the lights flicker from another near miss Ben begins to explain. He says that uh, Roken needs more time to fix the ship and this plan will give him that Ben tells the refugees you've spent 10 years protecting the Jedi. This is my chance to return the favor. Then Roken speaks up saying, but we're so close. Ben pleads with them saying, you know, this plan makes sense. While Sully emphatically chimes in, no, we need you. 
but it's Ben that has the last word when he says, it will buy you the time you need. You must get these people out of here. Gesturing at the crowd and then at Leia, he adds, you are all the future. You are the future. Leia looks away from Ben as he continues. You're what needs to survive. With a sharp no, Leia stomps off towards the back of the ship. Ben tries to go after her, but Haja steps between them and in a calm tone says, I find she just needs to be given space. His words trail off as Ben pleads with him. You must promise me that you'll get her home, Haja, as soon as I'm in the clear. Caught off guard by the request, Haja pauses for a moment before he answers, You have my word. Continuing, he says, Although the word of a liar and a fake Jedi may not mean much to you, but Ben cuts him off with, It's good enough for me, before walking away. Um, I just want to talk about this uh, for a second because... This is a huge, I mean, Haja is this one of these supporting characters that, well, you know that I was already sort of on the fence with him, but this is the moment where for me anyway, it's like that guy's life just changed forever. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, when Ben says absolution. good enough. More absolutely. Yeah, well, there we go. Right. Yeah. I actually feel like at this point, I mean, he's where he's, you know, if you trust in the force and you're where you're supposed to be. That's why I say, like, if Roken turns up in a future series, I kind of think that Haja will be with him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's practically a modern guardian of the will. Yeah, really. Back at the Lars farm, Baru is outside working on a piece of farm equipment. When Owen and Luke come home, Owen tells Luke to go inside. Baru, sensing that something is wrong, asks Owen, what is it? Not saying a word, he clasps her by the shoulder, ushering her inside the house. Pausing for a moment to look back over his shoulder, he steps down the stairs. Inside the house, Baru asks Owen, how did she know he was here? Owen answers, I don't know. All I know is she's coming. When Owen says, Ben is gone, Baru, with a laser focus, stares through Owen's head as she blurts out, whose fault is that? But Owen is focused elsewhere as he says, uh, they need to take Luke, leave the farm and hide somewhere. At the same time, Baru goes to one of the interior walls of the house where she slides a crate away from the wall, revealing a false door concealed with, uh, by some plumbing. Hearing Owen's desire to run, she asks him, where, in the desert? Then digging in, Baru tells her husband that she's not leaving her home, that if they stay here, they would at least have a chance. Owen argues that if they do stay, they'll need help. Then staring up at Owen, she says, I'm not putting anyone else in danger, Owen. We're enough, you and me. Pulling the false door away from the wall, Owen asks her, what are you doing? And Baru tells him that they both knew that this day might come as she slides what appears to be two antique sporting blasters out from the concealed cubby, tossing one of the rifles at Owen. Baru stands up, armed with the second one. Still laser-focused, staring through him, she tells Owen she'll come when the suns go down. Best we get positioned now, and then marches off, leaving Owen standing there quite uh, flabbergasted. Man, when they said that uh, Baru was coming back for this, and then she didn't do anything, and I was like, okay, yeah, you get the same actor for consistency. And I thought, is she not going to get a moment? And oh my God. Yeah, it's wicked. <laughs> Take charge. Um, so I just want to talk about her for a second because think about the Baru that we know from A New Hope from Star Wars 1977. You know, 
this version of Baru, wow. Um, I have a whole new respect for for her, for Owen too, to for uh, to be quite frankly. Um I mean Baru was really kind of the foil to Owen's sort of curmudgeonly gruff exterior. And she was like the kindly aunt that would never say, you know, shit if her mouth was full of it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But the first thing we see her doing in this sequence, she is working on a piece of farm equipment. Okay, yeah. so that's like check mark right there. Ba bing. And it's Baru that's like, nope, we're gonna stay. And Owen, who's like, nope, we're getting out of here. Like, I have this total new respect for this character. And I can't help but think that more happened off camera when the stormtroopers showed up looking for the droids in 77. Probably. Yeah. Like it just I there's a whole new sense of like, oh, I'd be interested to know what happened there. I don't know. What do you guys what do you think? Well, she said, you know, we knew it might happen. Yeah. So in the back of her mind, she's been waiting for this. She's already got her plan laid out. That's interesting. Yeah. You think I she hope. anticipated it? Maybe not or some day or tomorrow, but at some point. Well, well I mean yeah. to pack two rifles away. Yeah. They had to have known something was coming. I, I, I guess I hope that the troops thing isn't true. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> that it was a domestic battery. And a, and a thermal detonator. <laughs> uh, Facebook comment says, uh, this scene makes me look at their deaths a lot differently now. They went down in a blaze of glory. I yeah. tend to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have like a newfound respect for both of these characters in a different way that, you know, as, as gruff and as curmudgeonly as he is, she really does, you know, compliment him in a way that we just never saw before. Like the more than just being the wife in the kitchen making dinner, yeah, which is all we saw her do in the last one. And maybe she's got a little more in common with Padme than uh, well, maybe we thought maybe, but I mean, look at her eyes in that sequence. Like when I say like lays bores a hole in his head, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Right. And anybody who's, who's married or has been in a long-term relationship <laughs> knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, where am I at here? Let's move on. Back on board the freighter, Haja and Leia share a quiet moment. Uh, we're not actually privy to what the conversation is, but it's not hard to imagine Haja trying to soften the blow about Ben having to leave. As Ben uh, enters the compartment, Haja gets up to uh, go, and on his way past, he uh, he whispers to Ben, I talked to her. You're welcome. <laughs> As Ben steps closer to the princess, she looks up at him saying, you said you'd take me home. Looking down at her, Ben says that he wished he could. He asks the princess to please tell her father that he tried. Then kneeling down, he says, I have something for you. As he produces Tala's holster from under his robe and hands it to her. Ben tells her that Roken found it before they got out and that Tala would have wanted her to have it. Leia stares down at the leather and runs her hand across the opening, feeling the hash marks carved into it. She remarks, it's empty. And Ben lightheartedly retorts, well, I wasn't going to give you a blaster, Leia. You're 10 years old. <laughs> Leia sighs and Ben adds, but you won't always be. With that, Leia gets up from the stool she's sitting on and the two share a long embrace. Then staring at him square in the face, she very simply uh, says, come back, please. And with a half smile, Ben replies, I promise. Okay, so it's kind of important to talk about this. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here to the end, and I, I don't mean to, but I can't, we all kind of agreed that this was the organic place to talk about this. Yep. Um, 
not including the comic books, because we are going to talk about that, just visually in film and television, aside from this TV show, the only other time we see Leia wearing a holster is when she's at the Battle of Endor uh, in Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like, not even General Leia of the Resistance wore, wore a holster, right? However, the five-issue miniseries for Marvel Comics that uh, takes place between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back does depict Leia in a very similar outfit to the one that she's wearing at the end of this episode, and even more familiar uh, to the one that her mother, Padme, wore in Attack of the Clones. Um, speaking specifically about the holster, um, do we think that this is Tala's holster? Like the one that she wears in the comics? Maybe. It could be. I, I also think that, you know, maybe she wore it, you know, up until she became a senator. Could be. Or at least, you know, well, you wouldn't wear one on your political duties anyway. No. no. Or was it something that was so, because I, I talked to Kim about this and, and Kim was like, you know, it's like, the, it's an heirloom kind of thing. Would you take that with you or would you like lock it up at home somewhere because it has this special sentimental meaning? And if that's the case, was it lost when Alderaan was destroyed? The conversation they have is like, she can't wait to get old enough to fill it with a blaster. Yeah. So I think maybe it's more personal than that, than an heirloom. You know, not that an heirloom is not personal, but I think it's, it's, it's practical. It's, it's that whole, symbolic uh, of her as, you know, her, her nature as a warrior. And there are more than one way to lead. Eventually it will be full. When we see Tala uh, discussing about how she wears it so she can cross draw it, it makes her faster. And the first thing that Leia says, can you teach me to do that? Mm -hmm. Her desire to want to learn. And I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. Although I will, uh, I will admit that I would say that this actually had to take two images. We don't actually get a full body shot of, uh, of, of Vivian in this episode. That's actually a panning shot as it pans down from top to bottom. So I had to take, uh, two stills and stitch them together into one well done but i do think that that is a is a, a nod to the to that look her comic look from that miniseries yeah all right um sitting alone in the aft compartment of the freighter ben sits staring at his lightsaber as another turbo laser blast rocks the ship causing the lights to flicker ben lifts his head and speaking into the void says i have to face him master whether he dies or I do, this ends today. Then Roken enters the compartment asking if Ben is ready. He tells them that the dropship is ready, but before Ben can answer, uh, Roken says, you don't have to do this. We can still fix the drive. But Ben is resolved and tells him, I have to go. And then it becomes clear to Roken as he says, it was never about us. You want to do it. It's about you and him. As another turbo laser explodes nearby, Ben tells him, just keep them safe. And uh, Roken retorts, keep yourself safe too. As Roken turns to leave, uh, Ben stops him. He says, there are not many leaders left. People follow you. Don't stop. Roken half smiles as he says, I'm just getting started before leaving Ben alone with his thoughts in the compartment. Any idea where his headspace is at right now? And him, I mean, uh, Ben. Well, yeah, I mean, he might, he might be going off to die. <laughs> so yeah, if any, if anything, he's, he's just reinforcing the future, uh, making sure that these chess pieces are, are, are going to continue to 
play the role they have been playing. Yeah. This is one of the few times, I mean, it's, it's one of the things in the show that I think was kind of, you know, talked about uh, him trying to commune with, with Qui-Gon, which, you know, there is that payoff by the end of the episode, but you know, strange that they, that they chose to insert another one here where, you know, he's kind of speaking into the ether and, and nothing happens. Like, it just didn't, it seems kind of, oh, to have two of them in the same episode where we've, we've had episodes with no mention or no, you know, no thought towards that, that training that he was supposed to do. True. Yeah. But as he's sitting there looking at his lightsaber, like you say, he could be just going off to die. And that yeah. is probably what he's accepted. Well, that's, yeah. Like absolutely. my sacrifice will save you guys. I'm good with that. He's not reaching out here to look for training. He's reaching out to tell Qui-Gon, like it's yeah this is it this is yeah. the line and this is the end yeah. yeah any truth in what roken says it was never about us it was about you and him maybe um, obi-wan definitely knows vader and knows why he's after them much sure. like the series it it becomes about obi-wan and vader but it it, it is about a bigger picture to start and it sort of uh, narrows narrows down by the yeah the yeah I, I think there is truth in what he says. I think that yeah, there matter. is a, an element of, yeah, it is about me and him. But I also think that there's a, a much, as you say, there is a bigger picture. And I'm actually, I'm going to touch on that a, a, a couple more times. Why I think that it was never about just him. And there's certain uh, reminders that come up that sort of go, oh, yeah, that's why we're doing this. Cutting to an exterior shot of space, the freighter still jinks and weaves while the Devastator continues the chase. As the camera closes in on the freighter, we see a ramp open from the ship's belly and a small craft slips out the back and pulls away in the opposite direction. On the Devastator's bridge, Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisitor observe the fleeing transport from the viewport as an unseen crew member reports that they are tracking an escape craft with one life form aboard. Hank. Apparently, that technology only exists on Star Destroyers. It does not exist on Seeker Droids. Right, right. <laughs> Couldn't detect the life form through a door, but we can no. <laughs> no. across several miles of space. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this is actually, so if I had to have a problem with anything in the whole series, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, the fact that Vader just doesn't hop in a TIE fighter. And, and just go get them. Of, and and let's the star destroyer continue after yeah. the group. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's huge plot armor, <laughs> but I I still love it because it gets us yeah. to where we're going. Yeah, but I I kind of feel like if I know the character at all, he's yep. you you maintain pursuit while I deal That's with right. this personally. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I will it, take him know, alone <laughs> because we know Anakin as a general. He's too. That's right strategic to let something like that slip through his hands yep and so it's a little iffy for me but uh still it gets us to where we need to go and it's beautiful and it's kind of neat to watch the inquisitor second guess uh a young vader uh because oh, yeah. you, you kind of get the impression like circa a new hope circa empire strikes back that guy would have been forced choked out like no well problem. so th that is the exact question i have um vader declares uh that's him but the grand inquisitor interjects saying my lord we must continue our pursuit of the insurgents. Now is our chance to wipe out this network in its entirety. We cannot prioritize one lone Jedi. Um, See, and a little bit, he's still used to working for the Emperor, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
because right? they directly so, work for Vader, right? Now they do, but they did formerly directly work for, for oh, the Emperor. Okay, okay. Yeah, so but isn't that like a running theme in Star Wars? What's that? How many chances they had to snuff out everything at certain given times? Well, okay, so there they is always that. take the opposite chance. There is that. I mean, that's a question that came up uh, when I was discussing it with Kim. Was like Ben had a chance to snuff out Anakin on Mustafar and yep. didn't do it. He had a chance to snuff him out again in this episode and didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that there there is sort of a running like, hmm, I wonder why they didn't do that. But themes and metaphor, no, and, for sure. Uh, all play into it why they didn't and it's beautiful it also speaks to the like you know where where tarkin is in, in a new hope and he's at, you know vader release him like he doesn't even yeah, yeah. calls him by his last name essentially like you know like a subordinate i still think that the grand inquisitor was like like crazy bold uh in this moment by just like you're questioning him like what yeah it's it's very bold yeah i even said i even questioned this if it wasn't kenobi if it was another jedi like let's say any other Jedi for that matter, mm. w- would Vader have like disciplined him? Would he have, would he have forced choked him? Would he have smote him on the spot or at the very least disciplined him somehow? Well, again, if the comics inform us at all, any other yeah. Jedi, but Kenobi is just beneath Vader. And that's what yeah. the inquisitors are for. He doesn't, uh, you know, right. th- the thing that brings him out in, in rebels is not Kanan Jarrus and, and Ezra Bridger. It's a so no, it's the children, the children of the force. It's right in that it's in the first episode. Yeah. 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 All right. I actually just thought, you know, what we know for those of us who don't read the comics, I thought what we knew of Vader, I mean, he's happy to choke out Imperial officers <laughs> like they mean like they're nothing. I couldn't imagine that uh, you know, that he wouldn't have disciplined him. No, and it's it's a very nuanced hierarchy. So, you know. The, the comment coming in uh, is up there yeah comment coming in from facebook right now it says uh, the inquisitor and vader didn't get along in the comics no it's true that's very true um, as well yeah well i mean then that scene that just lends itself to that all right um moving forward here <clears throat> one more reason that uh i just want to talk about the the freighter because i could not identify the freighter back in the episode that it first appeared in but i i uh, posited that it's likely a Karelian ship. It had sort of those, those sort of design elements, the round dish, the, the escape hatches on the side and had that looks like a Karelian Corvette from the front. And I just want to say one more reason why I think that Roken's freighter might be a Karelian ship is the resemblance to its uh, smaller dropship and how much it looks like the Hasbro uh, Millennium Falcon escape pod that came with the uh the millennium falcon the legacy falcon mm-hmm. of course the legacy falcon is the largest millennium falcon toy ever made uh commercially available that is and it was uh repackaged as a uh, galaxy's edge theme park exclusive as part of the vintage collection hmm. but yeah i mean it's kind of you know i <laughs> i know i was wrong with tala's ship where I, I again i tried to connect it to the millennium falcon through the the kenner mini rigs and i know that was completely false but like this one i'm pretty sure it's yeah, it's, uh, it's hard it's to deny that one for sure. yeah much much stronger back on uh, tatooine the twin sons hang low over the lars farm as nightfall closes in inside owen and baru usher luke into the garage Owen concocts a plausible story about the Tuscans are hunting and raiding farms along the edge of the desert. He tells the boy, stay in here, adding, if anything goes wrong, you know what to do. You run. 
Luke tells his uncle, I'm not afraid. And Owen says, I know. Legacy line. Everything's going to be fine. Baru leans in and hugs Luke, mustering up the fakest of smiles. She tells him, it's going to be okay. And then she and Owen lock the boy, uh, lock the boy in the garage as they head out to defend the farm from the approaching Riva. The whole I'm not afraid line uh, kind of echoes Luke's uh, future when he's visiting, uh, not visiting, when he's at Yoda's house. And Yoda says, uh, uh, will he finish what he begins? Mm-hmm. And of course, Luke answers, I won't fail you. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Only this time, it's Owen and Baru who can't fail Luke. And they are most definitely afraid. <laughs> yeah, you will be. <laughs> you will be well the other thing yeah exactly uh but this informs us a little bit more that 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 characteristic that personality trait with luke has been with him his whole life yeah i'm not afraid yeah yeah but it comes up later when uh ben is describing to leia and basically he could give the same the same uh traits the same qualities yeah and maybe he did we don't know yeah maybe Meanwhile, Obi-Wan continues to evade the Devastator's turbo laser fire. With a sharp change of uh, course, Ben heads toward a nearby moon. A moon, by the way, that is not named. It is not named. I did not find a name for this. There was nothing. Yeah. That is a moon. Well, yeah, moon. (laughs) That's all I got, Mm -hmm. moon. Vader and the Grand Inquisitor still watching from the bridge of the Star Destroyer as Vader orders his ship to be prepared, saying, I will face him alone before he marches off. Ben brings the dropship in for a landing. It's nighttime on the moon, and the surface is littered with massive monolithic rock formations. But finding a suitable landing area between them doesn't prove to be difficult, and Ben sets the ship down neatly and powers it down. At the same time, Vader's Lambda-class shuttle departs from the Devastator's hangar and makes a beeline for the moon's surface. As Obi-Wan prepares... For what he knows is coming, he takes off his outer robe only to discover that Leia has tucked Lola into a pocket. And she must have done so when they last hugged back on the freighter. Ben smiles as he takes in the little droid before he carefully places her on the dash of the dropship. Maybe another missed opportunity as I'm thinking about it. I would have loved to see Vader's X1 uh, tie. Oh, yeah. Instead of the Lambda shuttle. Instead of the Lambda. Um, When he drops in in the. the, rebels when he's riding the top of it oh <laughs> yeah yeah, like yeah, autopilot. yeah one of the greatest <laughs> yeah. scenes in all of star wars uh so yeah, it totally would have been nice to see a, a sort of a live action something something like that yeah big moment big moment you know what maybe there'll be uh, it's hard to it's hard to postulate where we're going from here and uh do people want more Vader? I think it's safe to say people want more Vader if there's the been, fan outcry like comics like just you know yeah. there's uh there's a whole like miniseries four, called four titles. Yeah, t- yeah, titles. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole miniseries called Vader Down, which is basically just <laughs> Vader gets his ass kicked by a, a you know a squadron of X-wings and then crashes. You know, and has to sort of survive without his lightsaber and and just the use of the Force. And it's it's it, there's a lot of stories about Vader to tell. Yeah, and um, it's it's a unique opportunity because. Uh, very very rarely are the protagonists of stories the the villain right yeah yeah so placing lola back on the dash um he takes one last look before he opens the door to the cockpit and then departs the craft while lola watches him through the canopy glass now this is the i want to point this out because to me this is the first 
the first sort of nod to why it's not, you know, Roken said, oh, it's not about us. It's about you and him. And no, yes, on some level it is. But this also reminds us that this connects us back to Leia. It's still about the Skywalker children. Mm. Really, that's ultimately what it's about. Because, I mean, Reva's arc is to get to the kids, get the kids, gain favor. And, uh, you know, while we all know Vader knew that he had offspring, they would become a threat to him. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. Back at the Lars Moisture Farm, Reva's cloaked silhouette approaches the house. Now, we can hear that her breathing is labored, suggesting that she is still very much affected by that uh, abdominal wound. Inside, Owen and Baru are alerted by a perimeter alarm, and they know she's here. Clasping Baru's shoulder, he tells his wife, it's time. Meanwhile, Reva, now closer to the house, takes out her lightsaber, but does not activate it. Back on the barren moon, Vader's shuttle settles down, and the dark Lord of the Sith emerges down the ramp from the ship's underbelly. Vader stops at the bottom of the ramp. Just a few meters in front of him stands his former master, lightsaber in hand. Vader lumbers toward him. With his immense stride, he closes the distance in short order. Stopping just a few meters away from, uh, from his former master, uh, Vader questions, Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And, uh, yeah. Oh, I thought I put a thing in here, did I not? Oh, you know what? I hate when I do that. Oops. I thought I had a, a, a part in here. I wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, Yo, I do. I actually have a thing in here. Um, <laughs> I'll get to it in a second. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. This is exactly what I want. Sorry. I had a moment here where I had a big, a bit of a brain fart. I wanted to talk a little bit about here about the visuals in this because I read some complaints um, yesterday when I was kind of putting the finishing touches on on my notes about how blurry and how kind of weird this sequence kind of looked. And I'm like, wait a minute, guys, like maybe it's just me, but um, you guys realize that Doug Chang is the production designer on this show. And you do realize that Doug Chang is schooled in the, in the ways of one Ralph McQuarrie. Right. Mm -hmm. And if this is not like watching one of, doug chang's paintings in motion then i don't know what is it is so hauntingly beautiful and so doug chang and in saying that so ralph mcquarrie mm -hmm. i loved 100%. every bit of this if it wasn't this dark before the lightsabers ignite it wouldn't have the same and i'm sure you're going to talk about it shortly it wouldn't have the same yeah. impact because yeah, yeah light and color are about to play a huge huge oh part huge of yeah 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 Activating uh, his lightsaber, Ben tells Vader, I will do as I must. As he drops into the familiar two-fingered point opening stance of Ataru, the fourth form of lightsaber combat. <laughs> Vader, responding in kind, says, then you will die. As he ignites his crimson blade and lunges forward with an overhead power stroke, indicative of lightsaber form five. And of course, I can't not bring that up without talking about all the lightsaber forms because i know we touched yeah. on it before um but it's a fun thing especially after the comment we had in our last show asking if we were going to talk about lightsabers and you, this kinda <laughs> got me thinking yeah we're going to talk a little bit about lightsabers 
Um, back in part three, we've already established that uh, Ben Kenobi was a master form three Sorisu, which he was. But not surprisingly that uh, he's also uh, skilled in form four Ataru. Why? Because that was the style that Qui-Gon Jinn used. Now, Ataru is a fast-paced uh, style that is effective against a single opponent, which, of course, we have here. It is characterized by force-assisted acrobatics like somersaults and leaps, both for attacking and for defense. But it is also characterized by fast strikes from multiple directions. In fact, up until Qui-Gon Jinn's death, Taru was Obi-Wan's preferred fighting style. Uh, fighting style. And it was uh, as a result of his death that Ben would switch to a hybrid blend of both styles, seeking to compensate for Ataru's inherent lack of defense. Now, uh, Vader, on the other hand, is a true master of Form 5. Now, Form 5 is actually broken down into two variants. Um, the first one, Sheen or, or Shien, I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm going with Sheen, Sheen which is considered to be the classical variant of Form 5 and is more effective at blaster defense, kind of like Sorosu, but different in the sense that uh, Sheen focuses specifically on reflecting the blaster fire back to its point of origin. So as opposed to just uh, defensively protecting yourself, this actually creates uh, openings and opportunities. Said one of the, the few Jedi to be a master of this and not be a, a dark side user was Mace Windu. Uh, Mace Windu was a practitioner of uh, uh, Vapad, which I think is form six, seven, form six, six or seven. seven, six or seven. Mm. Uh, so then the second variation, uh, Gem So, is primarily meant as a sword fighting form. Uh, not surprisingly, some Jedi thought that form five encouraged aggression and domination. Uh, no wonder Anakin was very good at it. Okay, but it's important to note, because we've talked about lightsaber forms before, and we're talking about them now, something else we didn't really talk about before. Um, the seven forms of lightsaber combat, and there they are. Number one, uh, Shicho. Number two, Makashi. Three, Sorosu. Four, Ataru. Five, uh, Sheen and Gemso. Six, as uh, Niman. And seven is another hybrid one, Juyo and Vapad. The lightsaber forms, again, as I said, I'm spoiled by the role-playing games. <laughs> lightsaber forms uh, showed up in great detail, by the way, in the uh, Star Wars role-playing game supplement Tales of the Jedi Companion from uh, West End Games back in 1996. That book, however, was the tie-in to the Dark Horse Comics uh, series of the same name that ran between uh, 1993 and 1998. Excuse me. That series chronicled the events of the Great Sith War. Now, that happened in the year 3,996 BBY. So, like almost 4,000 years before any of the movies. And then the Great Hyperspace War, which took, uh, took place a thousand years before that. Right. Yeah. Now, most of the established lore from uh, the comic series uh, carried over into the immensely popular Knights of the Old Republic video game series. Uh, and the lightsaber combat forms, they would turn up again in a later edition of uh, the role-playing game in the uh, source book, Power of the Jedi. And I thought I'd just throw this in just for giggles because um, anybody who's been paying attention knows that there is a Tales of the Jedi animated series in active development right now. Um, it is billed as an anthology series. And while it has no release date, uh, it is said to be a six-episode anthology series based on prequel era characters like Qui-Gon Jinn and Ahsoka Tano. But 
if say eras like the high republic take off or they want to revisit that tales era slash knights of the old republic era there's no reason why we couldn't uh you know do that in future seasons of tales of the jedi making it a full circle moment and connecting it all the way back to the dark horse comic series once again Mm -hmm. there you go Vader and Obi-Wan's blades clash in a fury of sparks and true to form Vader is relentless as he unleashes a flurry of strikes and counter strikes, forcing Ben to dodge Vader even manages to throw Ben forcing him to roll to avoid being struck down. Um, in case you missed it, and this is important by the way, um, Vader opens this fight one handed. Um, which should inform us a little bit of where his headspace is right now that, you know, potentially this is going to be a, a quick victory, I think. Well, based on his last interaction. Well, I mean, look at look at uh, the fight with Riva. Like, he didn't even move. He yeah. turned in place and, you know, those those uh, very specific hand movements Yeah. yeah. didn't even draw his own lightsaber in that fight. So, no surprise that he's going into this maybe cocky well i didn't want to say that overconfident maybe maybe a little all right but even on his knees ben is able to uh deflect a barrage of swings and quickly gets back to his feet then in a moment of deja vu reminiscent of the training duel back on coruscant both men go back to back but vader has learned the lesson and neither combatant can get the upper hand they go back and forth several times and neither man is able to land a blow against the other and when they finally break something shifts vader not achieving the easy victory that he anticipated puts both hands on his weapon as ben leaps forward on the offensive very acrobatically i might add mm-hmm. force assisted yeah exactly ataru Back on Tatooine, Riva enters the courtyard of the Lars farm. It's dark and her eyes dart about as she searches for her quarry. Now, seeing her from his concealed firing position, uh, Owen and Baru uh, aim down their cutoff rifles. Riva ignites her lightsaber, the crimson blade acting as a light source, as she steps further inside the farm. Finally, when she hits her mark, Owen and Baru open fire. Some of the shots go wide while Riva deflects some of the others. Owen shouts, go, 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 as he moves up a set of stairs to a higher vantage point. At the top of the stairs, he kicks over a potted plant and tosses a storage container down at her, but neither are effective, and uh, Baru pours on more covering fire, which, by the way, is also completely ineffective. (laughs) The same training school as New Age Storm. I was going to say, apparently uh, those blasters are not not that accurate at, like, point blank range. Clumsy and random. That's so true, though. But they, I mean, you look at them, they look like they're made of wood. Um, they look ancient. They look like they're sawed off, cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, something that a biker gang would carry or a farmer would have for like vermin or pest control. I totally get it. Back on the moon, Vader and Ben continue their duel. Now, despite having choked up on his weapon, Vader still cannot land a blow as Ben. True to his form, ducks and rolls uh, the blows that he cannot block. At the same time, Ben rapidly alternates from a one-handed grip to a two-handed grip in a series of death strikes and counter strikes until he knocks Vader off his balance. 
And it's just the opening he needs uh, to use the force to topple one of the massive monolithic stalagmites on top of Vader. But Vader catches it midair as he remarks, your strength is returned. He then tosses the giant rock effortlessly as he retorts, but the weakness still remains. And then he hurls a man-sized rock at Ben. Fortunately, Ben is uh, fast enough to drop back a few steps and he cleaves the rock into fragments with his lightsaber. Ben closes with Vader and the two warriors circle one another. With his offhand, Vader actually punches Ben in the face. Um, and of course, Ben reels from that. And then the two lock blades once more. Vader uses the force to send a rock into Obi-Wan's legs, taking them out from under him. But uh, Ben manages to roll out of the way and back up to his feet just as Vader's blade strikes the ground. Then, summoning his rage, Vader plants his hand to the ground and using the force, a crack forms under it. Then the crack speeds forward uh, towards Ben and the ground beneath it is rendered asunder as Vader exclaims. And that is why you will always lose. At the sound of the word lose, the ground gives out under Ben's feet and he falls into a huge, huge sinkhole. Vader steps to the edge of the hole and stares down at him, but it's a fleeting moment as he hurls an unfathomable amount of rock down upon the hole, burying Ben alive. Staring at his handiwork, Vader rhetorically asks, did you truly think that you could defeat me? Adding sarcastically, you have failed, master, as he turns away, leaving Ben for dead. Um, I didn't build a slide in for this one, but I want to talk about this just for a quick second. One, this fight is freaking fantastic. Um, I, I swear every swing of a lightsaber could have been its own slide, but we'd have been here till next week. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole episode on it if you like. On just the fight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I mean, there is so much man uh, we talked a lot about how much uh, emotion was conveyed by a character that wears a helmet but i just want to talk about the inverse of that and how much was con- conveyed by ewan mcgregor's performance in this fight because there's a lot of clear shots of his face yep. and he's going through a whole lot of stuff um there's fear there's you know determination there's just a whole lot of things going on and it just looks so incredible but the moment when he falls into the hole and I, 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 I thought about it. Should I build a slide for this? I'm like, no, no, because it's not really a, a Ben thing. It's more of a Luke Skywalker thing. The lightsaber straight up over his head, both hands on it. A la Luke Skywalker in the classic uh, poster, the further adventures of, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, is it me? Am I just, am I just making that up? Like, is it there? No, it is there. Is it? Yeah. It's, I think okay. so. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel like it was anyway. It's just a quick second, but I'm like, no, that's just him holding on to it. But, you know, it could be. I don't know. I'll leave it to you guys. What do you guys think out there? I sort of was really hoping Vader would be like, you know, who's got the high ground now? I, yeah, perfect opportunity bit, for know, exactly like, that. Yo, I saw yeah, a great yeah. meme. I don't usually, like, pick up other people's memes, but I saw a great sure, meme. Sure. It was a psychologist talking to Vader saying, so what <laughs> happened when you fought Obi-Wan the first time? And he said, well, he had the high ground. And then what happened? Well, then he, he kind of cut me in pieces. <laughs> and so uh you, you had the high ground this time and what happened i threw it at him uh, doing what <laughs> giving him the high ground <laughs> giving him the high ground yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh <that's> so funny <laughs> sorry 
Okay, back at the farm, Owen backs down the catwalk leading to the garage where Luke is locked in, unaware of what exactly is happening. He points his rifle at Riva, who uses the force to toss a container at him, knocking him down and sending the rifle tumbling to the ground below. Staring down at Owen with a look of disgust on her face, she says, you really love the boy like he's your own. Owen, now on his knees and armed with a length of pipe, retorts, he is my own. Mm-hmm. Owen lunges at Riva with the pipe, aiming for her head, uh, but she dodges the attack. But Owen is a motivated man, and he manages to catch her on the backswing right in the midsection, aggravating her saber wound. Pressing the attack, Owen tries for a cross-body check using the pipe, but uh, Riva grabs it and uh, stops him. Owen barks at her, what do you want? And seethingly, she answers, justice. On his knees, Owen notices the bandage wrapped around Riva's midsection and drives his thumb or maybe a finger or four into the wound. Riva winces in agony as she doubles over and she quickly recovers and uh, lays Owen out with a backhand. Owen lifts the pipe over his uh, head defensively while Riva cuts it uh, in half in one fell swoop and then tosses Owen off the catwalk in a crushing heap. Mm. And is perhaps we... explaining Owen's limp in a new hope. Oh, maybe he goes down. I mean, there is a Hard. crunch there when he hits like, yeah. like good on the stunt man who did that. <laughs> Missed opportunity though. Like if there was ever a time to take somebody's hand, it's when it's jammed in one of your open wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging on by a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> As a souvenir, I guess. As Riva approaches the uh, locked garage door, Owen shouts out, Baru, she's coming! Which is kind of funny because, you know, um, Baru's not the only one on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. Luke's in the same room, right? Yeah, but he's still trying to maintain the illusion that Luke is <clears throat> not Luke on premises. Green. Luke, we're going to have company. Well, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it here in a second. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Sliding the door open, Baru blindsides Riva with, and I could, it was so fast. This moment happened so fast, I couldn't actually see it. I don't know if it's a fist or the butt end of her rifle. Yeah, I got the impression she punched her right in the face. Clocks are like, like crazy mad. Like, I mean, you can see the look on her face when she's screaming at Luke to run or to go. <laughs> she is like a mother unhinged. And I absolutely love her for that moment. Luke, already in motion, climbs out a hatch leading to the surface. So, question for you guys. Did Luke actually see her? And by her, I mean Riva. Maybe. I don't think he did. I don't think he did, and I think we are meant to believe that he did not hear she's coming. Yeah, and if all he received was go. Right. Owen's, Owen's story is, now Luke... The Tuscans are attacking farms. Yeah. So then there's the the other component, and this is something that Kim and I talked about earlier uh, today and yesterday, actually. Um, Riva wearing a cloak. Not only does that serve to sort of inform us that, you know, she's not completely turned because the cloak's kind of Jedi-ish. Yeah. No, yeah. With the but belt. is it not? Does it not also serve Owen's story about the Tuscans attacking farms? That if Luke, let's say Luke did see her, that if all he saw was the darkened silhouette that he could have mistaken her for a Tuscan? Oh, for sure. You think? It's possible. Yeah. Doesn't she have yeah. the lightsaber ignited as she walks in the room, though? Wouldn't that I don't fill think the, she does. Fill the room. 
I mean, there's a if red saw glow that, from, it's a giveaway. Well, that's I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, and, there, uh, and therefore, well, the no, you're right. Time, she does because there's Baru laying on the floor. Right, and so the first time uh, Luke ever saw a red lightsaber was when he was ten. Possibly. Well, this is it. Did he? Because she, the first thing that Baru screams is "Go!" And by the time anything else happens, we look over and he's halfway out the hatch already. Yeah, and that's why I question: Did he see her? Because I think we're meant to believe that he didn't, mm-hmm. and that maintains the the uh, mystery of when he uh, when Ben hands him the the Skywalker uh, saber in A New Hope. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. All right. But you know what? I'll let you guys out there decide what you think. Let us know in the comments uh, what you guys think of this sequence because I'm still not sure exactly how I'm supposed to take this. That's interesting because a lot of time has passed, uh, you know, even now, but especially when Luke is like 19, 20, when he gets the lightsaber. Because Anakin, as a 10-year-old child, goes, ooh, that's a laser sword. That's the weapon of a Jedi. That's common knowledge to a slave kid on a random backwater world. Whereas Luke is like, well, what's this? Yeah, has no idea. Right. No idea. Like, oh. Yeah, but in the next, in the 10 years post this show or this episode, right, right. We're led to believe that, you know, the Jedi, the Inquisitors, they're all gone. Yeah. And it's just now, you know, faded away into sure, myth sure. and legend. Well, at least one person in Facebook land says he was already halfway up the hatch. That's a good bet because when they do cut to him, all you see is his little arse screen up there. So, well, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, he doesn't actually see her face and it maintains the, it doesn't break anything for us. Yeah. No, not um, it's maybe just a little bit kind of sloppy the way that it was handled. But you know what? Again, I'm okay. What kid I'll... doesn't look back though. You well, know, there's that too. Like, he does. Kid... So when he's running across the desert, he does look back. But by that time, she's just running after him. That's no right. light. The lightsaber's no light. off. Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, Luke, already in motion, climbs out a hatch leading to the surface. Now Riva, being singular of mind at this point, just throws Baru to the ground walks and walks past her as she tries to catch the boy. But Luke is already at full speed and he's moving as fast as his legs will carry him away from the farm. Much faster than Leia. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's taller. Um, Mm -hmm. Which doesn't stop Reva from giving chase as she runs after him into the desert night. All right. Buried under a literal... Oh, what did I do? I feel like I've jumped ahead. Oh, no, I am in the right place. Buried under a literal mountain of rock, Ben struggles to keep it from crushing him. As he stands there near death, he's haunted by the voices of Anakin and Vader as his memories blend together. Admit you are beaten. You cannot run, Obi-Wan. I see through the lies of the Jedi. You're my enemy. You should have killed me when you had the chance. I do not fear the dark side. And finally... I am what you made me. <laughs> then, in a flooding memory montage of the Skywalker children, Ben finds his strength and resolve is renewed. And with an explosive blast of the Force, literally blows the crater he's standing in wide open and leaps out. Amazing. And that is why I say it's not just about them, it's about the kids. It's like he's faced with his hubris. And that's what's almost defeats him. And then he remembers yeah. what his purpose is. Yeah. And then I, you know, this is the moment if he hasn't already. And I mean, he was doing very well in the duel, but if he hasn't already, yep. this is the moment he completely reconnects with the force. See, I don't actually, uh, I disagree with you on that. Oh yeah. I think it's coming. I think it hasn't happened yet. 
I, I would think I'm with Hank on this one. Are you? Because like this moment, he can, he's buried. He could die. Sure, sure. He could give up just as easily or yeah. now's the time to get up. Now's the time to go. Oh, maybe. Reconnect. Okay. Let's do okay. this. That's fair. That's very fair. As Vader makes his way back to the shuttle, he stops seemingly at the presence that he just thought he snuffed out. Turning to look behind him, Ben is right there and the fight is on again. But this time, Ben fights with a clarity of purpose that we have never seen before. Not even in his first encounter with Maul. His strikes aren't just deliberate, they are swift and precise, and he is at the pinnacle of his fighting form. Even caught off guard, Vader is still a powerful and deadly adversary, and he manages to block Ben with the Force. But to Vader, the Force is a tool to be used and dominated, whereas Ben has given into it like the living ally it is, and together, They hurl Vader like a child might discard a toy, hurling him several meters into one of the rocky monoliths and dropping him to his knees. Yeah, he's absolutely at the height of his certainly of his force ability. And I, I, you know, the whole man, if we didn't get that pay of the payoff with Qui-Gon at the end, this is the payoff to be mindful of the living force, Obi-Wan. This is it. You know, despite like this is Obi's show, and yeah, uh, like you and I, Wes, and I think Andy is is too. It's is like just one of our favorite characters. Yeah, um, to see Vader on his knees. Oh yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is something harrowing. Like you know, <laughs> it's just crazy. Comment says, uh, not just reconnect with the force, but opens himself up completely to it. Yes, absolutely. So mm. again, that that we've talked about it before. I mean, it's how else does Ben know, have the insight to say, you know, sometimes you control it. Sometimes it controls you. And this, to me, this is fully as a, as the commenter just said, to be completely open to it that way, where he's maybe not in the driver's seat right now. Yeah. No, a little bit. Yeah. A, a little bit like the will of the forces. It controls yeah. your yeah, actions, yeah. right? Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, the length of this episode, we uh, did make the decision that we were going to split it up. So that that's it for my half of the episode. But we're not uh, done. We are not done. So, uh, Andy, you're going to take uh, the back half of the episode, and I get to be a passenger now. All right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like we said, he just reconnected. And in a truly epic display of mastery over the Force, uh, after he throws him into the wall, uh, he proceeds to lift a barrage of boulders and stones and with a flick of the wrist he hurls them at the down sith lord and this moment was just this is like parting the red sea oh man uh yeah oh yeah 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 i mean if this isn't the uh kind of the there's the christ analogy here coming up again mm. um you'd be remiss not to mention the ray analogy uh from this sequence that yeah. we saw in the last Je- last jedi yeah where she jedi. lifts the rocks out to get yeah. the back door open tiny bit you- reminded me of akira Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ray thing, I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I am more than okay with it. Space I think Jesus. that character is great. So, Space Jesus, there we go. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. this is God mode. God mode, clearly, <laughs> pretty we, much. Yeah, we've never Obi-Gan seen Obi this powerful. <laughs> yeah, we have never seen him this powerful. No, it, no, no, uh, no. I this is one of the ones where I like three, four in the morning stood up and went what. <laughs> You know, I just like, thought for 
this whole sequence uh we've seen there is a ton of footage uh that shows uh, obi-wan kenobi specifically doing a lot of cool things with the force mm. um nothing compares to what we got in this episode no i, I cannot think of a, another moment that was more like oh my what i think this is the flip side of the coin of last episode where vader yanks the ship down and just rips yeah. it apart absolutely because, yeah absolutely I made the mall analogy because I thought, you know, at that time when, when Qui-Gon was killed, you know, uh, uh, Obi-Wan was very much, um, the Anakin of that story. Yeah. He was still um, Padawan and he just lost his master. And you know that he's not the, the wise, uh, Jedi master that he is right now. He's fearful. He's, you know, all those things that he's not supposed to be. And no, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. It was, uh, you know, incredibly focused because he had to be it was a survival situation but this is something altogether different yeah but this moment here Mm -hmm. you know unable to shield himself from the onslaught the rocks just continue to fly forward and obi-wan he slowly moves forward as well closing the distance just pummeling anakin mercilessly and perhaps those words that anakin gave to him during that lesson oh yeah about mercy were not lost on him oh you know sometimes no mercy is what you need to win that's an interesting thought. I never, I never I, connected that. I think that is only a momentary, you know, just display because once he's close enough, Vader, he sees that opportunity to strike back. Right, right. And he swings his saber, but Obi-Wan's ready and answers back with his own blade strike. And they begin to circle again and yeah. pushes him back into the rocks. And then pushes uh, him through a rock. Actually, there's yeah. a scene where he pushes, like they both go right through a rock. Like, yeah, like they're not even. Uh, well, Vader's less than than human, but but like they're not even human. Like these are like just living embodiments of the Force now, moving mountains. Sure, sure. Like like, like physical objects mean nothing to them anymore. They're, they're well, it's interesting they're, that you say like that. Gods fighting. If you if if you were to if the light side and the dark side, almost like the uh, uh, the, the oh my god, the sister, the father, and the mm-hmm. brother. It's almost like if you know the Force was to fight itself, it might look like this. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we shift back and uh, elsewhere on Tatooine, Reva's still making her way to the foothills, continuing her search for Luke. And she pauses to look around, but sees no signs of life. And meanwhile, Luke, he's stealthily making his way forward. And then we cut back again and we're back on the moon and Vader and Obi-Wan, they're continuing to trade blows until Obi-Wan gets close enough and he smashes the control box on uh, Vader's chest with the butt with end. The butt end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. This, I think is him pulling back because like, Oh yeah. You know, mercilessly raining down boulders. Sure. But now he's not going for like, that could have been a kill shot. Oh, absolutely. could have. But yeah. no, he goes for the hilt and multiple times smashes it. So he's just, you know, incapacitating him. I think it's almost worse for Vader to be, to be beaten that way. Like yeah. that whole, like you should have killed me thing. Yeah. And it would almost be like a humiliation. Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you're not ready to be a master yet. Well, Which attacking- goes, He's attacking parts that are specifically Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the breath control. Yeah. And in, in, in a minute. Mm-hmm. It does It does go back to that whole like, oh, you had him. Why didn't you just do the whole job? <laughs> but, uh, you know, Obi-Wan, he force throws another boulder at him and sidesteps him. And again, leaping, using a little bit of that high ground jump. <laughs> yeah. uh, he lands a strike across his back. And now visibly wounded, Vader hits the ground hard. Yeah, like you get a good like out of him in right this a, one. Yeah, right across the top of the back there, and uh, 
now visibly winded, Vader hits the ground and he's struggling up and lurches forward. But Obi-Wan's already ready and uh, repels his strike by force pushing Vader backwards again. So he's got Vader on the ropes and uh, Obi-Wan, he rushes forward and leaping from a rock pile, he lands a downward strike across yeah. Vader and rips that helmet open. Mm. And, uh, you know, the visuals are awesome on this. Oh, man. This, I mean, I did you, you didn't happen to build in a slide from Revenge of the Sith, did you? Um, I did when he's laying there on the on the side of the lava flow. I did not build that one. I would have loved to have do a side by side comparison here to see the the half a head next to the the shriveled uh, grape of Anakin on the surgical table. Like true. Like the fact that we just watched Obi Wan uh, slice the helmet off. By the way, that's the second time this has happened to him. We got yes. that. Or no, it, it's yeah. the first. The next one will be the second one, won't it? Yeah. It, yeah, it happens more yeah. often than not in the comics. His 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 uh his costume gets rended quite a bit. They, <laughs> um, he's he's very vulnerable at first. Like he's just learning yeah. how to use his body a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things the emperor sends him to a world that's very dangerous, and uh, basically it's his Sith trials. But he's he's forbidden from using the Force or using his lightsaber. Uh, so he's got to like punch giant beasts out and stuff and. By the time he gets back to the Emperor, he's missing his limbs again, and his, his outfit is just rended. Um, at the um, at the end of the film, at the end of Return of the Jedi, when we're looking at Sebastian Shaw's exposed face, and we see the gash on his head, mm-hmm. um, are we saying that wound is, just occurred right now? I'm thinking so. I think so. It's. I, mean, I go I with that. To- yeah, I got it, a comparison slide coming up. You do? Here. Okay, it's, perfect. It's pretty yeah. strong. Uh, yeah. Indication. Yeah. Yeah. I, Vader. It, it talks about him nearly getting defeated. Like there's a, a comic too, where, where Tarkin yeah. uh, hunts, hunts Vader. It's a request, like a friendly request. Tark- oh, really? Tarkin, Tarkin yeah, hunts Tarkin Vader. Hunts interesting. Like, I want to, I want to hunt you. Uh, I'm a hunter and I'd be honored, you know, that's interesting and, because yeah, that's they, a legends thing too. Eh? Yeah. 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 Tarkin and, um, being a hunter. Yeah. And it's like when Vader is kind of stripped of these, you know, he's distracted be, uh, from being able to wield the force properly because he's using the force to keep himself alive at this point. Okay. So, okay. you know, the, exactly what's here. Like he's using every ounce of his ability to, to basically breathe and stay alive. Yeah. 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 You know, there's no fight. I totally got that. Yeah. I, I yeah. very much got that from the, uh, it's the same uh, labored wheezy breathing that we get from Jedi mm-hmm. <laughs> and rebels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But with uh, Vader on the ground, Ben, he takes a step back and uh, still poised and ready for any retaliation. Yeah. Vader remains down and Spark's still flying from his damaged helmet. He lifts his head up and Obi-Wan is shocked at what he sees underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Vader, he rises. And with that labor breath, he tells Obi-Wan, Anakin is gone. I am what remains. And tears, they well up in Ben's eyes. And he tells him, I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it. Yeah, but coldly Vader stares back at him, and as his voice modulator starts cutting in and out, he responds, "I am not your failure, Obi Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker." Then he still stares, and the blue light is like reflecting in his eyes, and they're just, you know, you could see the tears. And uh, Vader bluntly states, "I did." And he smiles. Yeah, 
He's there's an there's an important piece here. I don't know if you if you got it uh, a better one, Andy. There's a like it's a couple seconds, maybe even just one or two seconds where they have that conversation, and you need to remember there's quite a bit of distance between those two characters, and they intentionally light Hayden's face in blue light for half a second. Yeah, yeah, and then well, when he gets to the I did, yeah, and it flips back to red, and you're like that. When I said that I disagreed with you, Hank. To me, that was the moment where Ben finally let go. All that attachment, gone. I I agree with the attachment. I I don't agree with him connecting with the Force. Uh, Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I I mean, I watched this thing like nine, maybe ten times now. And while (laughs) the voice is modulating, the color is shifting. So when yeah, he's yeah, speaking yeah. in Anakin's voice, it's it's just that blue purple. A little and, bit more blue, and yeah. When it's Vader's voice, it's that red. A red, little purple. more red. Yeah. And uh the smile gets me every time watching like him when he admits it, like and again, absolution. He's 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 well absolutely. he's absolving Obi-Wan of the blame. And he's like, and, You you didn't create what I am. I created what I am. And so, he smiles so, under the mask, and oh my god suddenly from a certain point of view becomes the gospel truth. Yeah. I agree with the, uh, the Facebook user there who said he absolves yeah. Ben in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, as he says that he doesn't just stop there. He continues the same way. I will destroy you. Mm-hmm. And it's in that moment that the blue kind of fades away. Right. And we get this shifting again. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. As, as he struck him first, you know, the, the rage eye from the Sith isn't yeah, really apparent. It's not but as the, prominent. Yeah. But by the time he says, and I will destroy you. Oh, the yeah, rage yeah. It's is fully full back. on. Yeah. Yeah. To and, the point I thought that the eye wasn't turned in that moment. Like, yeah. I, at the beginning when it's first cut off, beginning. I don't think it was turned. Is no, that right? I, I thought it I was don't a know. brown, like, like Hayden's eye. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, as, by the, yeah, by the end of that, it's fully a yellow Sith yeah, eye. It's, the hate is fully there again yeah and you, yeah. you do get that exact same uh moment in in rebels uh when vader and ahsoka meet and uh ahsoka rends vader's right side of the mask the other side of the helmet oh, yeah. and i you know it's real cool i, I can't i i'd love to give credit to who pointed this out and i can't recall right down to so the same stuff. fragment uh right but his exact eye, same cut lines when she says anakin and his eye is brown or blue whatever color it is and then oh, it yeah. changes yeah. through it that you know it's not lost on me that Ahsoka can take the right side of his mask and Obi can take the left side of his mask, but it's yeah. Luke who takes the whole mask. Takes it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So poetic. Yeah, man. So poetic. Heartbroken, Ben says, then my friend is truly dead. Is truly dead, yeah. And as Vader struggles to stand, his lightsaber ignited, Ben turns and says, goodbye, Darth. that's cool yeah that's cool Uh, just a simple little thing but i mean why does ben call him darth in a new hope is right the the age old is darth a name or a title yep and you know what i mean i guess that goes to say that uh ben doesn't really he doesn't acknowledge him as anakin no no yeah but uh he departs leaving vader alone in the darkness and with only the light from his lightsaber vader cries out obi-wan and then we get a bird's eye view and we see vader collapse to the ground still clutching his saber yeah and again he screams it obi-wan but it's a it's the most disturbing vocal harmonization though between oh, yeah. hayden christensen and james earl with Jones that voice modulator with uh, some of that yeah. digital distortion going on have you it's seen the supercut so creepy there's a supercut on youtube I, I don't know it's a supercut but it's 
it's Obi-Wan followed immediately by Kenobi from Maul. And they uh, kind of together <laughs> to say his whole name. It's pretty great. Uh, nice. I kind of had this moment where it's like when uh, when they fought on Mustafar, the Emperor could sense that Vader was in trouble. Yeah. What's the Emperor thinking right now? Does the Emperor sense that his apprentice is injured? Maybe, but I don't think he's in like mortal danger. Not mortally wounded. No. He's okay. down, but not out. As you say, Hank, the comics would suggest that he's been here before. This is nothing mm-hmm. new. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is just okay. more personal. It's, yeah. You know, he, if anything, this is where, and again, in the comics, I can't stress it enough, guys. Oh, my goodness. The comics. When, when Anakin, when Vader is meditating on the hate and the, yeah. and the, and the, the dark side of the force, he's in, his astral form, if you will, uh, in his, you know, he, he, it's like another realm where he meditates. His yeah, body yeah. is black and red writhing worms in the shape of a, of, a, of a human being with yellow eyes, except his limbs that, that have been taken are blue energy. Oh, wow. And as he, med- he's, he's trying to like push yeah, that yeah. out. And the, at one point he becomes like all writhing worms and, there's little blue butterflies that, really? that flicker around him. Right. And, and this is like Vader absolutely clipping any last vestige of Anakin out of him. Sure. Yeah. Coming in from Sean, Vader is always getting his ass kicked. He's only ever kicked Luke's ass. It's kind of true. <laughs> Ochi of Bestoon kicks Vader's ass at one point. Sure. <laughs> and all we know about Ochi of Bestoon for none of the, com- for the, all the non comic book people, he's just a corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but we follow He's the shuttle uh, out and yeah off ben goes so you guys had already oh, you touched, did okay yeah, you, got, you guys yeah, had yeah. already touched on this and the other thing but uh a couple of things to point out you know duel gives us a clarification of where that scar came from and oh return of the jedi okay so we are that we are saying that that is i i believe so i firmly in my head canon that is a direct result of fighting ben yeah, because if you look at the strike from where it starts on the helmet, yeah, it looks that's where it started on his head. And that's why I say, like, going back to the to the the Mustafar thing, like when he's like shriveled up and burnt and and grape like, even on the surgical table, yeah, you, you kind of see their shriveled skin, but you like you don't see like that looks like a gash, yeah, or you know fragments of the helmet cut him right, or right. or something else. And or, even in the uh, in Empire, when they're when you first see it and they're lowering oh, the helmet yeah, down, yeah, yeah, it yeah, extends yeah. almost to the back, of all the head. way to the back. Yes. Yeah, so indicative of an overhead strike to the top yeah. of the head and down yep, the face yep, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and then like you guys had said, Ahsoka taking out the left side or the right side, and I find it uncanny that they've that they've gone back to rebels and they've emulated the same cutout. It's yeah. the same lines, uh, you know, across the mm-hmm. nose piece and the, the eye piece. Other thing to point out here too, uh, the cheek scars that we see in return of the Jedi on, uh, Sebastian, uh, on Sebastian, Shaw. yeah. Do we think those are as a result of like some of the sparking, maybe getting further burned across the face? Oh, I never thought about that, but, uh, possible. Maybe it's like it's when he's down, it's like he's literally bleeding sparks. They're just pouring yeah. out of his face. Right. Yeah. There is one thing to, to mention here before we move on, like looking at that shot there at, at the end of return of the Jedi, like 
it's not it shouldn't be lost on anybody that like you said hank before when he's not out doing the emperor's bidding he basically lives inside his back the tank yeah when we see right. him in uh revenge of the sith on the surgical table he is far more wrinkly than he is here yeah so clearly the back to has had some effect yeah his eyebrows it's, grow it's back taken. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken 20 years <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow crawl to eyebrows there you go uh, oh that's that's funny i'm sorry all good so we switch again, though, and uh, back on Tatooine, Reva's continuing to stalk Luke, who's uh, still making his way out. Reva the Tuscan Raider. Yes, Reva Raider. <laughs> but uh, he's going across a rocky ledge and knocks some sand loose, alerting Reva, and she uses the force to pull Luke down to her position. And as Luke cries out, we cut to Ben, who senses that Luke is now in danger. So it's kind of that inverse thing where the emperor it is. Yeah. Her, yeah. But now yeah. Obi-Wan senses Luke. Yeah. But uh, he throttles the craft forward. Lola chirps and uh, they quickly make the jump to light speed and help is on the way. But will it be too late? Well, we've already talked, uh, talked the hyperspace <laughs> thing out. So uh, <laughs> we know he's going to get there and break that time. Before her. <laughs> that's a, that hyperdrive. That's a, that's a, that's a point uh, one hyperdrive. Yeah. It's not a Carillion. <laughs> no, it is a Carillion. I think it's a Carillion yeah. ship. I honestly do. But, uh, you know, the tumble down the rocky embankment, you know, it's rendered Luke unconscious mm -hmm. and she stalks forward. So again, he doesn't see that blade and doesn't see her. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. She ignites her saber and looking down at the helpless boy, suddenly she sees her young self and this is her full circle moment. She's come so far to hunt down Vader. Yeah. She's about to become him. Yeah. She's, she is where he was on the night of order six. Oh, yeah, absolutely is. Yeah. Or she is. I'm sorry. Yeah. They are. She is. She is. Right. Yeah. Her mind flashes of Anakin, Vader, her younger self and Luke. And they're all, all these images are rushing past her and still struggling though. She still raises that saber to strike, but she hesitates. Mm. And before we can see what happens, we cut away and we find Obi-Wan just coming out of hyperspace of the planet. And his ship lands right at the moisture farm and he darts out of the craft and hears the voices of Rowan right, and Baru right. calling for Luke in the distance. Anybody else here think they might have used the original voices? Because they sound a heck of a lot alike. Like, uh, yeah, Luke, yeah. Um, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe awesome some modulation. Well, I, I this, in the same way. More, like, uh, emphasis on it. Okay, I know it's coming up and it's a big thing. It's a big deal. But in the same vein that you and McGregor, people go nuts every time you and McGregor says a line hello there even you mcgregor is like i don't like doing it out of like i just don't do it like it's a party th i don't do it at, at parties and right. even you and mcgregor says that's an alec guinness thing hmm. yeah. so I, yeah. I can see them trying to emulate the original actors sure True. for sure but uh arriving at owen baru's position ben questions where is he and baru yeah. says he's gone ben he says i'll search in the dune sea till we find him but baru calls him back and on the horizon we see a cloaked figure approaching, holding a small body. It's Tuscan Raider. Could be. We don't know at this point. But no, it is Reva, and she's carrying the motionless body of Luke. You mean it's not a great dragon pearl? No. Oh, I'm yet. sorry. <laughs> uh, she lays his body down before Owen and Baru, and looking up at Ben, you know, their stunned gaze stares at Luke, because they don't know if he's alive or dead. And finally, he takes a breath and starts to, like, move. And, yeah, I like the uh, yeah, and all three of them breathe a heavy sigh of relief. 
turns out Riva has chosen a different path. Owen and Baru, they rush up and uh, scoop him up. And uh, where am I at here? There it is. Uh, Owen gives Riva a last look and they head back to the farm. And still on her knees, Riva begins to cry. And Ben approaches and she looks up and tells Ben, I couldn't do it. I've failed them. He killed them all and I couldn't do it. But so ben I really, I, here I thought something else was going to happen here. I don't know. You guys are familiar with the, the Legends version of Maul's death? No. no. Uh, so uh, he faced, it's very similar to uh, what happens in, in Rebels, but except that he, he tracks Luke down uh, on the farm and uh, oh, is hunting really? him much like Reba does here. And uh, he, he duels Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan soundly defeats him, but then Obi-Wan spares his life. Oh. And, and Owen shoots him in the head with a blaster. Oh, wow. And I, I, I thought that we might get that. That's the way here. it was going. Oh, yeah. that would have been interesting. Hmm. Well, it definitely would have not, uh, would have, would solve, would seal the fate, not a soft pilot for her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. uh, rumors that they changed the end too to accommodate that it was uh, much darker yeah yeah you are right on that oh i wonder if that you know to be a fly on the wall and to know like what changes were made Mm -hmm. but uh ben he kneels down and tells her you haven't failed them by showing mercy you have given them peace and you have honored them sorrowfully though she asks ben have i become him and he replies no you have chosen not to who you become now is up to you He's even speaking like a Jedi again. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see her. There's a shift in her eyes right here, like from that complete sorrow to a look forward towards an unknown future. I just want to tip my hat to Moses Ingram in this episode for a character who has been so criticized for uh, five, six, uh, well, five uh, episodes up till now, who really whose only emotion has been ah, to have this complete like vulnerability that she's showing here like i like well done yeah well done in this moment she's back on that platform she is that kid the youngling with a hopeful future i was just really really impressed to see how believable how i mean i was sold on the tears and i mean that's a it's one of those things that actors do some actors are really good at it some are not so good at it and she is clearly she's she's got it yeah and here, <laughs> it here at the end is obi-wan finally rescuing her yeah i was just gonna say yeah that. yeah the metaphorical rescue i guess yeah it finally came but uh from beneath her cloak she pulls out her saber and with one last look she tosses it on the ground ben stands and he helps her to her feet and says now you're free and with a sigh we both are we both are so so there's is there a metaphor here? I mean, uh, Ray did the same thing with the the Skywalker sabers on the sands of Tatooine, put them down. And I mean, Ray buried them. But. Yeah, she gave them like a burial. This is just, sure, sure. I am discarding this inquisitorious yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that she will, I mean, if we never see her again, what do you think happened? I don't know. Do you think does that she, she, off does she live... continue to be a force user? Does she put all of that aside and just live a quiet life? Well, that's one of Lauren's sort of hopes for the character is that even if we don't get to see it, that she, yep. she, she, you know, partners up with someone cool 
and yep. uh, kind of hops around the galaxy trying to atone for her crimes. Yeah, so, yeah, know, yeah. Like uh, trying to trying to find peace in in what she's done by by basically doing what Haji and 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 Roken are doing and Roken are doing maybe she even becomes an integral part of the part of the path yeah Yeah. that's an interesting thought too what about uh pairing up with uh one of the names that we saw on the wall like uh like a Sirajunda yeah or becoming like you know the master to Corin Horn (laughs) uh well (laughs) oh that's yeah that's we could get crazy guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh we shift to the lava fields of Mustafar and we see Vader's castle standing tall at the center of the frame. And inside we find Vader on his throne speaking to a cloaked figure via a hollow display. And he relays that they have probes tracking every system in range and they will destroy everything in their path until he is found. He's an angry man in this scene. He is. Mm. We shift views though. And we find out it is indeed the emperor himself in that hologram. And he remarks, you seem agitated, my friend. But Vader coldly states he will not evade me again. And this is where he says, you know, Palpatine questions him. If your thoughts are clear on this, perhaps your feelings for your old master have left you weakened. Mm-hmm. And there's your veiled threat, right? right. He continues, uh, if your past cannot be overcome. And he just trails off there. Right. Leaves it hanging. And, right. <laughs> yeah. It's so quickly though. The, as I said before, Vader's like, we'll go through everything and it'll never yeah. happen. And I'll, then it just nothing. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. Just well, like, you know, this is, is a veiled threat, right? You yeah. Get, yeah. You yeah. get master and apprentice from the Jedi relationship, but this is like master and dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. So yeah. does anybody here think that they dialed back Palpatine's face too much? Nope. He looks really, so. he looks more in line with the uh, empire strikes back redux. Uh, and, yep. I, would I always so. thought that they might have went too heavy in Revenge of the Sith for my. Chance. I agree with that as well. Yeah. So here's another question, right? I mean, if Vader spent a bunch of time in the back of the tank, did the, <laughs> did the Emperor as well? There you go. Did the Emperor, you know, take long back to baths to try and get his face to, you know, maybe say, uh, yeah. bo- in, bo- in bo- Rebels, he appears several times as Palpatine to Ezra Bridger yeah. holograms, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, as the Emperor trails off, Vader sure he finishes. Uh, Kenobi means nothing. And Palpatine, he cracks a small smile at this. And Vader continues, I serve only you, my master. My master. And with that, the Emperor's hologram fades out, leaving Vader alone. And as the camera pans back, for the first time in the series, we hear those familiar Imperial theme notes. Then, Yeah, the Imperial merch. Yeah. Then the uh, camera cuts to black. But we're not done. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we uh, fade in on a lush. Yeah. We fade into a lush green planet. And, oh, by, uh, by the way, there was about three or four moments where I was like, I, I kept shuffling, like is it scooching is forward it on my chair in anticipation of getting up to turn off the TV. And it just kept not ending. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> We're not done yet. But no, as we pan up, we find that it's Alderaan. And inside the palace, we find little Leia home safe again. And she's getting herself ready. No attendance this time. No, yeah, I noticed that. No handmaidens. Yeah, detail yeah. by detail, she prepares herself. And as her mother enters, she begins to tell Leia that they don't want to keep her father waiting. But Brea stops because she's already ready to go. And Brea looks her over and questions, is that a holster? In reference to Tala's uh, holster that she's now wearing. Well, did anybody expect a, uh, there's no young lady, you're not wearing that kind of thing? Maybe. I did. Yeah, for sure. I did. But- 
then it's uh, a wonderful evolution for character the character there. Yeah, yeah, it's small, yeah, but yeah. I love it. Like you say, this is not the same Leia from the beginning nope. episode. And uh, Brea leans in and she tells Leia, "I love it," and gives her a beaming smile, which Leia immediately returns. And they rush off to the landing platform just as a ship is about to touch down. And on the landing platform, Bale, he's caught off guard by this as well. And uh, she looks up at him and says, you said there were many ways to lead. And Bale, he responds, well, looks like I was right. Yep. And she goes on to tell him, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to want to change a few things. And he leans down and tells her, then we'll change them together. You kind of wonder, you know, did he remain as the senator for Alderaan right up until she came into office? I would think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Highly and like likely. her taking more of a charge role here, she's in the learning now. She's like fully committed to it. You feel like the political structure of, of Alderaan is similar to that of Naboo, that the reigning monarch passes to the next, one. you know, like uh, um, Bray is the queen, but he's the senator. Yeah. You know, like um, when Padme became the senator, it was, um, oh dear Lord, I can't think of her name. The uh, uh, Queen Jamila. Right. She couldn't be the queen and the senator at the same time, but yeah. you know, one is the is the ruling monarch, the other is the senator. Yeah. An elected monarch, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh Leia, she looks to Bale and asks, So who is it today? More cousins? And mm-hmm. Bale says, Not exactly. And turning her gaze to the ship, Obi-Wan appears at the top of the ramp and her face lights up. And then as he comes down the ramp, Lola flies out and her face like double lights up. Yeah. And she runs, she cries out Lola and runs forward. And Ben says, who am I to separate a young lady and her droid? All I can say in this, I'm like, chop liver. What the hell? <laughs> it reminded me when she snubbed, uh, when she snubs Chewie at the end of the force awakens to give Ray a hug, a girl. Oh she my never God. Met. <laughs> it, it reminded me of that. Oh, she's yeah. got a propensity for snubbing people important in her life. Okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> But uh, Obi-Wan, he strides over and embraces Bale and then shakes hands with Brea. And she thanks him for saving Leia. And Bale, he states, we can never repay you. But he looks towards Leia, who's, you know, reconnecting with Lola. And he says she's already done that. What's interesting is uh, Ben's dress is, you know, almost suggestive that he came directly here. Probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure she got there. Yeah. Like, do you think she that he went home first? Because they make a point of, I mean, we're going to see it here in a second, but they make a point of showing the cave again. No, I don't think so. I think he's right. still I think he's he came right here. Vader yeah. sweat yeah. on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that that outfit, I mean, it's dirty. That Those clothes are like dirty. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. Like they've been buried in rocks. Like, have a shower, dude. <laughs> Do some laundry. Yeah, space laundry. Space. Laundry, laundry in the desert. Space Jesus will get it clean. <laughs> I'll just take the dirt out with the force. There you go. <laughs> But uh, Bale, he goes on to tell Ben that uh, he's fearful for Leia's future. Mm. The Empire grows stronger and bolder. But without hesitation, Ben tells him if they ever need his help again, they know where to find him. Yeah. So Bale shakes Ben's hand and tells him, let's hope that day never comes. And Ben nods in agreement. So there's your flip moment too, right? Like, yeah, in the beginning, yeah, yeah. I don't do that anymore. It's not me. Find someone else. It's like, nope, you know where to find me. Yeah, exactly. Ben, he turns and walks towards Leia, who asks, you know, what will you do now? And Ben asks her, what do you think I should do? And cheeky as ever, Leia tells Ben, you should sleep. 
and they both share a hearty laugh uh well they're not the only ones that laugh because i was like nah that's good yeah and ben tells her i think you're right yeah but then he takes a knee and looking down at the little princess he begins when i said i didn't know your parents and he kind of trails off i got real like uh oh like i i mean i i knew it was going to be some kind of emotional thing but I got like nervous. Like, is he gonna like how much and what is he gonna tell her? Because this could be this could backfire real bad. Yeah, this could break canon. Yeah, but no, he doesn't. Uh, he goes on to tell her, "You are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you're also passionate and fearless, forthright, and these gifts are from your father. Mm. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter." And he says he could wish. He wishes he could tell her more, but Leia turns her head towards Bale and Brea and says, it's okay. You don't have to. I think there's an important part here that, that we're missing is that the first words are princess Leia Organa. Yeah. Yeah. It's very definitive. That's who you are. And she acknowledges that by looking past him and saying, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know I have adopted parents, but these are my parents. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's great for her sense of identity. Yeah. At the same time, I get the impression that he's talking about both sets of parents simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, I never yeah. thought about that, but that, that, that totally makes sense. makes sense to me too. Now we got to know more about. We got to have more with just them. The Bale Show. <laughs> Bale and Brea. Seriously, where's that political thriller we've been waiting for? It's on I have heard that uh, Jimmy Smith is back for Andor. Nice. Mm. Well, and why not? I mean, he was a he was a part of it uh, in that as well. Yeah. But. Uh, she goes on to say thank you and with a little sadness in her eyes she says will i ever see you again and ben replies maybe someday if you ever need help from a tired old man tired old man yeah and leia she snickers at that but uh ben he shifts into a serious tone and he tells her we must be careful no one must know or it could endanger them both and then leia she leaps forward and gives ben the hugest hug and again exhibiting that wisdom beyond her years she tells Ben goodbye, Obi-Wan, like she yeah. almost knows. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the moment for all those, uh, you know, for all the haters out there that, right. you know, all the memes about, hey, remember that time we romped around the galaxy? Right. You know what? You guys can go and eat it because right. it, it was. Covered their asses. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, do you not think the people who are writing this stuff, you know, have no idea of what's going on? And Come the people on. that don't let it play out to its natural conclusion. Yes. Who are yeah. just jump like they broke it already and don't let them come to the conclusion, you know, fix right. it. Right. 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 Yeah. But Ben, he looks at her and gives her a goodbye and a proper legacy line. May the force be with you. Mm-hmm. I love the use of Leia's theme in this moment. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so emotional. Again, that everything's coming full circle with now the full yep. themes yep. are being played, and the fact that they used uh, they played the force theme when he says that too to get up and walk away, and then remember that the force theme was originally written to be Obi Wan Kenobi's theme, yeah. mm. and at the very beginning of his conversation, uh, they play the first few notes of Padme and, and Anakin's theme too. Yeah, yeah. But Ben he rises and gives a nod to Bale and Brea, who return the sentiment. And Ben turns toward the ship, but Leia's still holding on, and they loosen their grip and finally let go. Right. And with a final smile, Ben boards his craft, and he looks back briefly to see Leia running back to her adoptive parents. Yeah. Freya leans in and gives her a hug, and we see that Lola has found a new home in uh, Tala's holster. Mm-hmm. 
that's cute. I I quite like that. Mm. Yep. But uh, with one last fleeting glance from both sides, Bale and family head back into the palace and Ben's ship, it lifts off into the air. And after a snap cut, we're back on Tatooine and we find Ben packing up his belongings. And he pauses a moment on the T-16 Skyhopper, picks it up with his gear and gives one last look around the cave. And then he walks out. That Those old toys, they don't make them anymore. Yeah, they're worth a lot of money. Dressed in his classic Jedi outfit from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But uh, we switch again, and we're on the Lars moisture farm. And uh, Owen is moving an urn around. And as he looks out, he sees Ben approaching on his Eopi. And Owen sets down the urn and moves towards Ben. Meanwhile, little Luke is working away, polishing some machinery. And Ben, he dismounts and walks towards Owen. And this look here is strikingly similar to the Sideshow Collectibles Nomad. Whatever. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Desert Nomad that I that I like screamed for at the yep. beginning? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one was released last year by Sideshow Collectibles. I'll tell you, I mean, the, the, the figure is, uh, is um, inspired from the statue that came out uh, years before, which, as we said, back in part what? When they were on Dayu. So that's a yeah. part two that is almost certainly the, the, the head sculpt that they used to get Alec Guinness into the, uh, yeah. into the series, man. I was so satisfied with this. I cannot tell you how, I mean, okay. It didn't have the clone armor backpack, but, well, or the rifle, but I gotta yet. say, if this is as close as we're getting to desert nomad, I am, I'm totally <clears throat> right down to the fingerless gloves too, by the yeah, way. He, and that, that's how he's dressed in, in the, uh, like when we meet him in the star Wars comics is, yeah, Luke finds his, one of his journals and reads stories uh, about uh, about himself actually, uh, cool. and and Obi Wan and Obi Wan is definitely dressed exactly like that. I love uh, it in the comics. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Owen asks, "What are you doing here? I thought you were going to keep your distance." And Ben replies, "I will," and he goes on to tell Owen that he was right. Luke just needs to be a boy. The future will take care of itself. And the only protection he needs now, Owen, is you and Baru. He says, take good care of him. And he turns to leave. And you can see Owen going back and forth on this. But as Ben nears the EOP, he calls out and says, you want to meet him? And Luke looks up and uh, sees this bearded stranger approaching, toy in hand. Uh, side note here. Yeah. We yeah. talked about Leia's outfits playing tribute to the future looks oh, throughout well. the whole thing. Luke's the just same wearing thing a, is going yeah. on with Luke. Luke's just wearing a miniature version of what he's oh, worn the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I want to talk about just for a second here because the line he just needs to be a boy. There's been so much emphasis over the years about the Skywalker saga. In fact, that the nine films collectively are referred to as the Skywalker saga. And Disney has gone on to make like overtures about putting the Skywalker thing aside. And the even uh Rise of Skywalker alluded to you don't have to be from a bloodline. You don't have to have a lineage to be a Jedi. Right. The line from Obi-Wan, he just needs to be a boy. Does that not speak to that on some level? A little bit. Fully. And I we think know, we know who he is. So, and one of the things like with, you know, with Obi-Wan connecting fully with the force. And I mean, like alive and integrated with the force. Yeah. You get the, you know, well, while the uh, Yoda is is always talking about always in motion is the future and it's difficult yep. to see, I, I I get the impression that fully connected like Obi Wan is that he could see the future fairly clearly, 
yeah. and, and, and then knows like the future is going to play itself out. Part of the yes. reason he chooses to let himself die at Vader's hand is because yeah. he is, yeah, yeah. he, he could see clearly where, uh, where it's going to go from here. It wasn't very clear before. That's a good, that's a great online argument. If you're ever looking for a discourse there, uh, folks that you want to get into, go and ask a bunch of people, uh, you know, did Vader kill him or did, you know, Ben just let him hit him mm. in the novel? Vader, well, we know right. <laughs> slays him. <laughs> yeah. It's a much different story, but, uh, thematically it works far better in the sense that we just see him hold up his saber and that's it. It works much better thematically that way. Well, and it uh, cements further. <laughs> yeah, it cements further when he says, "You know, when last we met, you were the master. Uh, the, I was the lawyer. Now I'm the master. Yeah, only really, master of evil. He just schooled him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, next up, we get Luke. He smiles a curious smile, and Ben delivers the line that we've been aching to hear. <laughs> Hello there. And there it is, the uh, Alec Guinness line, I might add. Yep. And that's cry. all we get. What's that? Made me cry. Did you? You yeah. did? No. Yeah, oh, I did. Yeah. How, that's awesome. Yeah, that's man. awesome. Yeah, yeah I, was, he's, I was alone in a room. I was, oh, I was grinning like a villain, again. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he smiles down at Luke, and that's Have all we get. Have you seen the cut of all three Hello There's synchronized? No. no. Oh, I'll send it to you. I got it. I got it. The one it's, with Grievous? I, yeah, Grievous. Actually, I think uh, you might have sent it to me. Oh, maybe I did. I think I... Yeah, I might have. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did send it in what productions from TikTok. I that's did, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's well, right. I have, I screen uh, captured it, but it's uh, Alec Guinness it's from nice. A New Hope. It's uh, yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith and uh, and this all synced up. I truly Perfect. feel like this, this iteration, talking about the voice thing, like we, we'd already uh, sort of posited, did Bo, uh, Baru and Owen's voice, did they use uh, clips or did they emulate? I really feel like this is the closest to Alec Guinness he's been. Well, I just love the he way he said, said that it. He, he revisited, you know, he, he actually had trouble finding the voice really uh, from Revenge of the Sith. Well, it's been and a while. So he, he spent more time this time studying Alec Guinness mm. and it okay. certainly shows. Yeah. 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 I agree with you on that. A hundred percent. But uh, we don't get any further conversation, and it cuts to Ben riding across the desert. This is where I started to panic. <laughs> I literally started to panic. I'm like, he's riding off into the sunset. The credits are about to roll. There's one more payoff that needs to happen. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, say, Lauren. Lauren called it crazy, like spot on. Oh yeah, I had predicted, and I, I had sent you the the thing in the chat. I had predicted that uh, it would occur in mid fight. Yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah, and I thought that maybe vader would even hear too and and add to his own you know, hubris but there's something to be said for that and that would that would be one of those perfect rhymes that would rhyme with uh the sequel trilogy in ray i am all the jedi as they are communicating yeah. to her and that's kind of why i should yeah. write for star wars too <laughs> <laughs> but riding alone uh we get a bird's eye view and Ben and the trail of Yopi tracks going behind him. Yep. And as he nears a Rocky mountain pass, he squints as he sees something come into focus and recognizing that figure anywhere, Ben calls out master Qui-Gon. And indeed it is Liam Neeson returning as Qui-Gon Jinn. Who's uh, I just want to say, I don't remember him being this jovial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he spins around and he tells Ben took you long enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But 
Ben, he smiles and he says, uh, I was beginning to think you would never show up. But Qui-Gon tells him, I was always here, Obi-Wan. You were just not ready to see. Not ready to see. I love that. I love that. Yeah. How'd you make out with the uh, Skywalker kid, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he tells Ben they have a long ways to go. So I love that line. Come Mm -hmm. on. Come on. We have a long way to go. Yeah. So like now Ben's training can continue. Yep. If there's going to be a season two. We follow that. I mean, first of all, I just want to say, I don't believe for a second that Liam Neeson was on set with Ewan McGregor at any point in the production of this. I feel like here's your mark. Uh, Liam, look here at the tennis ball. And he just did his thing. But man, if we could get these two back in a room together on a stage somewhere, yeah. I would love to see some of that. Even if it's just a, a, a one-off. Okay. Episode one begins and Obi-Wan has been training under master Qui-Gon for months days months weeks years or whatever yeah certainly more of that please yes (laughs) but uh you know he tells him we got a ways to go and the force goes he turns and walks forward disappearing and ben smiles and follows in the direction that he's pointed him in and we get a far back shot of ben riding into the mountain pass riding off into the sunsets in sunsets (laughs) and we finally do cut to black Ah, uh, got all the payoffs that I yeah. really Three wanted. Epilogues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got all the payoffs. Got some things that I never fully expected. Here's a quick one for you. Do you think he sold the ship and used the money to buy the house? Hmm. Interesting. Maybe. I mean, he certainly doesn't have the ship anywhere. I mean, he needs to find a ship. If to he's going to have planet. another adventure. Because that that begs yeah. the question. If we're going to get a season two, and it, right now it's up in the air, we don't know if there's going to be one. As it stands right now, in the in the whole, this is a visual medium, so show don't tell. Ben Kenobi has a starship stashed away somewhere right now. Right now, yeah, but it's got to go away by New Hope because he can't. That's right. Access it. That's right. That's right. So if we get season two, Christ, by the time we get to a New Hope, he doesn't even have any Opie. Yeah. I mean, you leave that Maybe thing for five minutes it. in the desert and Jawas are all over. Jawas, yeah. Yep. They didn't jar that thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here's one of those things where it could be a stretch. Yeah. But, you know, we've never shied away from that. And uh, during the credits in the star pattern. Oh, yeah. You talked about this uh, in our chat. And I was like, I don't see it. But you know what? You should totally bring it up. So do you see any sort of patterns i guess within the dark space like i suppose now that you say that now that i'm looking at it because i maybe it's the contrast ratio i don't know but uh i'll I'll put this one to our audience because this is kind of what i see yeah sure oh and now that you you know when you when you put it up there like that yeah can you go back one yeah yeah i guess i kind of do see that not immediately but no but I certainly can't see it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> on my four and a half inch screen. I mean, I, when I, there's another scene that uh, I guess, uh, it, you know, in the same vein, and I, I don't want you to cut back to it, it'd be hard to find, but when Vader's in his throne room just after the Emperor, you know, cuts the transmission off and they pan back, and there's uh, the two little red slits of the viewports from the from his throne room, but the clouds form almost eyes, and it reminded me of the inverse of the putting the helmet on him oh, in uh, revenge really? of the sith yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. looking you, looking down the. if you rewatch that little pan forward again and think of that it, it, 
wow, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Because we know there's nothing that's not intentional. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Would this just be like a visual artist having a bit of fun in the post credit? Maybe. I mean, look at look at the name things that we saw. Like there was uh, what was the one? Hank, you sent me one. Henry, right? Was that Henry name Henry cra- right, uh, carved right. in the wall? Yeah. Right, Henry Jones. Uh, well, that's that's where my mind went immediately too. Yeah. So it could possibly uh, be a Vader face. Wow. Um, so six episode limited series. It was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is streaming in, in its entirety on Disney Plus right now. If you are just joining us now, you owe it to yourself to go back, watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Do go back and watch our series, The High Ground, as we break it down beat by beat. That's what we do here with Star Wars. That being said, Guys, we've got a bit of a break till our next uh, Star Wars review series, and that's going to be with Andor coming up on uh, August 31st. It is going to be a two-episode debut, and that is going to run for 12 episodes. That carries us right up to uh, the 9th of November. Now, in between then, (laughs) it's going to get a little busy because on the 2nd, uh, the 28th of September, so that's like what? Oh my lord, that's a month, uh, a month and a bit. A month and a bit. There's going to be a little bit of overlap because uh, season two of the Bad Batch is going to start on September 28th. Mm-hmm. So that means we're going to have a week where we're going to have uh, possibly one or or two episodes of the Bad Batch if they do a double drop on the first week. Uh, that will overlap with Andor. That, however, is a problem for another day. <laughs> what I want to put out to you guys and to the fans of our show is. When we set out to do the the high ground, we proposed a few titles uh, for the show because, as you know, if you guys have been watching all of our other review series, we kind of like to put a theme or put a, put a little a, bit of a spin. Yeah, we like to put a spin on the name of the show that ties into the show that we're watching. I mean, if you if you've been watching our Fandalorian series, then you you definitely know what that's about. If you've been watching the Fan Batch, then you probably very well aware of what that is fan division fan division Uh, even our Mm -hmm. order 66 four-part miniseries uh was pretty on the nose with andor coming up here uh in just a few weeks i kind of got an idea rolling around in my head but i want to put it to the fans of the show if you guys have got a show title that you think would be apt for our next review series which will be the andor cassian andor series Hit us up on uh, any of our social media. You can uh, leave a comment on uh, this video here on YouTube. Uh, you can always email us at uh, fandompower at gmail.com. We want to hear your ideas because right now, I think Fandor kind of writes itself. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Check you out got something... our Patreon because you guys could literally tell us what you want us to call the show or what other shows you want us to do. We'll do anything you want for money. almost Uh, (laughs) all right what do you think guys um obi-wan kenobi it's uh it's over for now for now man for now i think it's strong enough it could go a second season uh i do too Uh, i'm down for uh, i'm a fan so i will always say new star wars is better than no star wars because that's just the the reality that i you know my favorite star wars character of all time and did nothing to detract from that at all. In fact, it nope. might have even made it a lot stronger. Yeah, and I have a whole, like I said, I have a whole newfound respect uh, for the characters of Owen and Baru Lars. 
Um, and I thought I totally found Reva's character to be uh, compelling. And I, I actually feel like, Oh, you, you subverted me by, you know, you, you made me think she was going to be the, the redemption arc. And it was, it didn't, it did not dovetail the way that I thought it would. Right, so right. congratulations for, uh, you know, keeping me on my toes. I, I enjoy that. And, and, you know, technically we really do need season two. Yeah. So he can go to Dagobah. That's right. I you think that yeah, uh, Ben go and Yoda that. need a, a reunion. Of course. Yeah. I mean, just be so I can be right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> uh, I still want the Bad Batch in live action. I don't know if uh, if Timora is down for playing all those clones on screen at the same time, or will that be a, a CGI nightmare? <laughs> oh, no. I'd watch it. I mean, space print them on there. We're, we're going yes, nowhere yeah, yeah. but at a breakneck speed after Andor, after Bad Batch. We've got Ahsoka. We've got, you know, many, many, many things. The Acolyte. Yeah, the Acolyte. Is the Lando things. thing still on? Is I've that heard, still on? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard uh, uh, talk about it anyway. Uh, is Rogue Squadron still on? Rogue Squadron is still on. Uh, and then there's that. that other project from Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Which is surely going to take a huge left turn and not yeah. focus on the Skywalker. Yeah, he said he's going to he's going to write all new characters that are not connected to anything. So right. yeah. I'm looking and, forward and, to that. And, and supposedly uh, last last part of the fiscal year of 2023. So, you know, there's going to be a, 2023 is going to be a big jam packed full Star Wars kind of year. Yeah, and that's just uh, that's just on Disney Plus. Twenty twenty three, the the Waititi thing, that's going to be our return to the cinema, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a film. So, is that going to be is that going to hit before oh, the Rogue Squadron thing? That was Patty Jenkins thing, which is apparently on hold. It is on hold. That's where she, I kind of go. Like, is it still? Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going to come first, the 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 Waititi or the Jenkins? I, I don't uh, know. Everything I've read says the 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 Tycho, uh the YTT thing. Okay. is being pushed forward and we should get it on in cinemas in 2023. Okay. Well, I'm uh, excited for what the future holds for star Wars, which means I'm excited for what the future holds for our show, because the more content that uh, Lucasfilm or uh, any of the other properties that we like mm-hmm. gives us, the more that we can give back to you guys. And you know what? We're here because we love what we do. So you know, we're happy to have you along with us for the long ride. And please do go check us out on all the places that we uh, have a show. If you want to take us with you in the car, we are on all of the audio platforms where you can find podcasts. So please check us out there on your platform of choice. We but got one more from Sean. What do we got? What's Sean want to say? Let's see the fight they talk about in the elevator in episode two. Oh, in the nest uh, with the nest of Gundarks. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Was that what it was about a nest of Gundarks? Yeah, that's right. That'd be cool. ah, that's kind so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that could be interesting. I mean, we've seen Gundarks in uh, in Rebels, and they are uh, they're they're uh, terror ter- they they're terrifying. <laughs> they are, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for me. This has been the high ground. It has been our six episode review series on uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, because there is lots more to come from us here at Fandom Power. So until next time, everybody. Uh, My name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. And we will see you on the next one. Bye for now, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.